The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a football Friday and a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7. FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And also watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Some great stuff on our YouTube page right now. You can watch the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show from late last night, early this morning, if you missed it last night. Also, Mike Houston's post-game comments. Holt Naylor's post-game press conference. It's all there for you on our YouTube page on Pirate Radio TV. We are ready to go here on a Friday coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get you set for NFL Week 8. Make some picks with Tony Dunn and the big dog Glenn Griffin at 5 o'clock, the voice of Dottie Picklin Stadium and the host of the high school huddle, Morgan Aylers, joins us at 525. We'll talk some golf and college football with Greeny, Mark Greenheld from the Golf Shop Radio Show. And he'll join us in the third hour of today's program. We've got Shirley Rhodes, who is alive and well. Well, not well, but alive. Hello, Shirley. <laughs> I am here. Much better than you were eight hours ago, 10 hours, whenever we did the post game, 12 hours ago, whatever it was. Yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm Like you said yesterday, I'm not 100%, but uh, I am probably around. Well, I compared it to baseball. I said yeah. I was in like the bottom of the eighth. I was about in the clear. Yeah. You were still in the third inning. Yeah. Are you I'm, more like I'm, seventh inning stretch? Yeah, now? I'm at the seventh inning stretch <laughs> That's now. Good. So That's good. I'm I'm getting there. Your game's almost over. Shirley's here, big dog's here, Troy D alongside, and the coach, Rick Smith. Gentlemen, happy Friday. Happy Friday. A victory Friday. Good to see you guys. Good to be here on a, a victory. Of course, looking forward to a weekend dragon today. This is kind of a, a tough start on a Thursday night late into the night coming off of a late night last game on you know last saturday it's all kind of cumulative here well i'm, I'm ready young. for I'm, a weekend i'm feeling great i'm young healthy oh i'm tired and old <laughs> coach you're always uh fit and ready to go right yes sir thumbs up that's what yeah. i like to see we'll, my, we'll carry know, troy along yeah if you're 73 and alive you gotta be excited <laughs> there you go well said <laughs> well said troy uh tough night hanging out in the uh town bank tower yeah, yeah. I, I played through uh good definitely yeah. didn't want to get uh you know a sickness being out in the cold you know how i'm i'm anti-cold and anti-rain when you put the two together recipe for disaster for me yeah so, all right thanks to uh good folks that had a good time up there at town bank tower got to uh, see a lot of old college friends that seen in a while a lot of uh, clients up there a lot of good good folks friends of the station it was uh i tell you what that's a big party up there guys 
All right, I'll never know. Pirates <laughs> win it last night, twenty nine to fourteen. You got to see a pirate win too. Did and uh, in tough conditions, coach. As you know, look, I thought the rain would be kind of a wild card for both teams. Not, no, I mean they both have to deal with it, but sometimes some teams react to that better than others. If you yeah. see, I agree with that. Uh, I always felt like when I was here, we played well in the rain, and. Uh, because you had some good defenses yeah and i felt like that if it did rain it would be to our advantage because of our i think our running games better than theirs and uh you know adler's just was the difference in the ball game last night i mean they turned him loose and he he, you know what did he run for 80 or 90 yards 78 for adler's 79 for mitchell 100 for harris 251 rushing yards very balanced to rushing attack and i really thought it was a tale of two halves you know at the halftime people weren't feeling too good to be honest you know they're like (laughs) 14 to 6 yeah so uh the second half is where ecu really turned it on and uh took took control of things and it was good to see. Since we've last had you on, Coach, ECU's played two games, one and one. They've played four second-half quarters and haven't allowed a point. Uh, they shut out Houston in the second yeah. half, shut out South Florida in the second half last night. That's the key. To, you know, Defense, uh, they're just playing so much better, and they're having fun. I mean, and what have we scored the last three ball games? Defense has scored. I know they've scored the last two. Uh, got in the end zone last night with a, a Fleming interception. Yeah. Well, the pre against Houston, they forced a fumble basically inside the red zone, which right. led to a touchdown. So, the the turnovers they've been opportunistic and uh, have helped the Pirates put points on the board. Well, I used to pre when I was coaching as the D coordinator, I told my kids our goal is always three, and I've said this many times on the show. Average games, 12 possessions apiece. You get three. You just limit them to nine, and you went to 15. South Florida, the previous week against Temple, won the time of possession 45 to 15. 45 minutes to 15 minutes. So getting all – and last night in the first half, we kind of saw why. I mean, they were picking up first downs, moving the football. uh, But, man, they got them off the field in the second half. You know, in the game before, you know, they rushed for 421 yards. We held them to what last night? They had 199. They got some yards. But it kind of showed on the first possession of the game, right, where they drove down the field and East Carolina got a stop. Uh, Do you like the term bend but don't break? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. Because that means you're you're keeping points off the board at least. It's better than the alternative. <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> Bend and break. Uh, there you go. So, uh, good win last night to get them back to 500, Troy. They 4-4 four four on the year with uh, a game they're going to be favored in next week at home against Temple. It should be a much bigger favorite because uh, Pirates were uh, – you talked about how long it's been since ECU was a double-digit point favorite. What, it's been five years since uh, – Well, you had to go back to UConn three or so years ago. Okay. But three, uh, if they were – what was it, what did it end up – Nine and, and a half. half. Nine and a half. Let's just say ten. Um, for Temple, coming back here at home on a Saturday, it ought to be much larger because South Florida kind of throttled the Owls. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, I was, I was looking week. at the score. I think it was like 34-14 or something. Yeah, um, they blew them out last week. So, And that doesn't always translate in college football. As you know, just because you beat one team and that team beats another team doesn't mean you're guaranteed to win that game. But... Uh, it is a good sign for East yeah. Carolina. And I don't think Temple's having a great year this year. They seem to be struggling. Another great winnable opportunity, guys, coming up um, Saturday. So that would, you know, let's just say ECU can 
take care of business and play like they did in the second half and be victorious. That's five wins. Then your your road to six, which is to get bowl eligible right now, which I think everybody agree would be a huge step in the right direction. You're then one win away. You know, the path to six is basically one win away after Saturday. Next you figure Saturday. we should beat Temple and we should beat Navy. I like our chances at Memphis quite honestly. I do too. I'm just saying. You know, but I'd love to go and take care of Temple and Memphis and not have to worry about that option. Well, then, then you're playing for a winning season at that point. Yeah, yeah. you're playing for even more than six. Yeah, yeah. Right. I so. mean, then you could play. So there's a, I don't know, maybe a better bowl game even? Well, WJ on uh, Facebook is asking, what uh, are the AAC bowl tie-ins? I'll run over those real quick. Yeah. Uh, the Myrtle Am- Beach Bowl, here we come, baby. The American Athletic will get teams into these bowl slots. Fenway Bowl, that's in... Uh, Fenway Park. That would be yeah. kind of a cool, unique environment to play in. Military Bowl, which we've been in before when it was at RFK, and yeah. now it's in Annapolis. Yeah. The SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Yeah. Which Troy was photoshopped into that bowl. I was. That was yeah. that was one of the best bowls I've never been to. <laughs> uh, do you enjoy Hawaii? I did. Yes, I heard I, I had a great time. I was oh, talking to him. somebody that actually went. <laughs> That's yeah, right. You were on the staff back then. That was a fun trip, right? That was. Was that the best bowl trip you've ever been on? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the best games, too. You know, Skip was good about that. You know, I mean, he gave, like, he when we got on the, you know, we met before we got on the plane to leave, and he said, now, you guys ain't going to see much of Hawaii early in the week, and we didn't. I mean, like, we got there, I think, on a Sunday or a Saturday. I can't remember, but for the first three days, four days we were there, it was 12, 13 hours a day. And then, like, Wednesday night, he said, I'll see y'all game. <laughs> <laughs> so you did get to see the island a little yeah. bit then. All so, right. so we got one or well, a couple of good nights off. The other bowls are the Cure Bowl, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which has been circled by some Pirate fans. And I, speaking of the Cure Bowl real quick, uh, I talked to Ron Dowdy for a while last night, who I've known actually since I was at ECU. Um, actually knew Ron Dowdy and interacted with him before he was had his name on the stadium that's how long i've known ron dowdy back when it was his ficklin stadium of course he is the dowdy of dowdy ficklin stadium his daughter uh is the founder and possibly still the executive director of the cure bowl uh, i know she he said she's still involved with it with it and he was telling me he would love to have east carolina in orlando where he spends uh, half the year yeah it, it, it basically i don't want to say his bowl but a bowl he has strong ties to okay so just a unique Maybe connection right there. Florida. Yeah. Uh, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. The Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. The Ticket Smarter. Where's, where's that at? The First Responder? Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. And the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. I mean, it's a lot of bowl tie-ins for this conference. And uh, I got to say, a lot of these would be some cool opportunities. The Fenway Bowl is intriguing. The Cure Bowl in Orlando is an easy flight down. We just were there for the UCF game. Uh, I love the idea of the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I can't not wrap my head around how much fun that could be for ECU fans and how easy it would be for ECU fans to get there. First Responder Bowl, Troy D. is in uh, Texas, Dallas, Texas. And you know what I love that we're even talking about right now, Clip? The The possibility possibility of us going to a bowl. I mean, it has been so long. I think we got to go back to, yeah, you know, six years ago. But just the fact that this is getting close to becoming a reality. 2014. Yeah. 
uh it's exciting to think okay we're two wins away from being at one of these places and having football in december and having the month of December relevant for ECU football. Like not, covering practices right. and still talking no, about I mean, it. No, I mean, I'm genuinely excited about that opportunity. Uh, hell yeah. Not for just us and Pirate Radio, but for our fans, for the team, for the university. I think it would be fantastic for this program. Absolutely. Get an extra month of practicing. We haven't had that done. We always time. hear about how valuable that practice is for almost – almost an early winter session spring ball coach how important is it to get to a bowl so you can stay with the team for an extra month well whereas the advantage is you get 20 you can practice 21 times before the bowl game and you know the coaches that i was with for the bowl games i can remember when i was at georgia tech with coach curry our older kids didn't even show up the first six or seven times we practiced it more about just, developing yeah it was spring practice for that's, the young kids. that's what i was gonna say awesome. 21 practices yeah. is like getting a bonus spring practice well, that's what in. it is and that's yeah. huge and that's what i think it's really hurt this program by not being able to do yeah. that yeah we, we're while we, our we, peers are right yeah. we need it more than they do but you've got to get to that level Correct. to be able to get it so this is why it's so important separate from the bowl game just to be able to get those 21 <laughs> extra and even practice you know sessions. the bowls we went to here with skip skip did that i mean our older kids I can remember the first, and even even rough. I can remember the older kids just coming out for conditioning. They we just we just practiced the young kids, and then like ten days prior to the game is when we brought the older kids back. Yeah, Robert's got a question uh, for you, Coach. He says, "What goes into getting the scout team ready to play the part of our opponents on offense and defense? Film, playbook, general practice. Uh, what? How do you coach up the scout team week to week?" Well, on Sunday, when you're grading the kids that played in the game, they're sitting in meetings with their, with their position coach looking at, you know, the game and going over their grades. While that's going on, the scout team offense is in a room with the scout team coaches looking at the opponent that they're going to emulate. And the same thing on the other side of the ball. So Sunday's, Sunday's a lot of film time for the scout team. You know, and looking then, at that next opponent. Then when you go out on Sunday and have a walkthrough with your, you know, to make corrections with the offense and the defense at East Carolina, the scout team coaches are with the scout team players walking through stuff that, you know, your next opponent's running. So that's kind of the way it goes. And, you know, then Monday uh, was, you know, it changed, you know, I don't know how many years ago, but, Mon- you know, you have to give them one day off. And usually Monday was that day off. The scout team kids could come in on their own. You could even make them come because they were off on Fridays anyway, <laughs> you know, or travel day. So, yeah. but you know, just you just coach the scout team just like you coach your team. Well, you say scout team coaches are they separate coaches or are they also position coaches? Like who's who's coaching? Well, it's these? usually your GAs. Okay, you know your your GA coaches. Gotcha. Graduate assistants. Uh, clip i was we were talking about the bowls earlier and you know we're talking about the locations uh, the two factors to uh what makes a successful bowl game i think especially for fans one is location and then the other is the matchup you know who are you playing some you know there could be an argument made what's more important the matchup or the location i think the location is more important as far as hey where can we go where the most fans could attend yeah. we could have the most support and then where can we get the best match? Especially now, when, when I would get picky about bowls after we were used to going to mm-hmm. them, it was almost oh, for we me play an SEC team more about yeah. who are we playing. Right. 
Uh, but at this point, it's probably more about Pirate fans being able to celebrate a good season Correct. somewhere in a great location. Yeah. I probably should have ran over that when I was going over the bowls. But just for example, the Myrtle Beach Bowl would be versus the MAC or Sunbelt. Right. Which might be a lesser opponent versus one of the, uh, you know, an SEC team. Certainly in name, the Sunbelt's right. pretty good right now. Correct. Uh, but, but lesser in name. And then, and then it comes down to date and time, too. Yeah, you know, that's a factor. Hey, is the bowl played on a Saturday? That's easier for people to get to versus a Tuesday afternoon at two. Yeah. You know. Cure bowls versus group of five or army, according to this. Uh the military bowl would be versus ACC, as would Fenway Bowl. So, you know, you're right. You can either what 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 do you choose? Opponent or location? Yeah. But what what if like the uh the military bowl had East Carolina, if they can, if North Carolina can win enough games, North Carolina. Yeah, you know that would be an interesting, intriguing matchup. I would say for most Pirate fans, that you, if you had a matchup like that, you're trading warm weather to get a. But you could still drive an there. in-state opponent. Yeah. yeah, and it's a doable. You don't have to get on a plane to yeah. go do that. Oh, so. I was thinking Fenway. Maybe military isn't no. as bad a weather as right. Fenway. Correct. The, the more north you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of weather, I did uh, very. Here's your first forecast. This is a pirate radio exclusive here a forecast not for this saturday but for next saturday coming up against temple november 6 dowdy ficklin stadium 3 30 kickoff time three o'clock sorry three o'clock kickoff time <laughs> and i'm showing partly cloudy skies high of 57 degrees that day no rain currently in the forecast all right so there's your way too early forecast only eight <laughs> eight days out <laughs> yeah but i just want to go ahead and put it out there people are making plans I mean, great yeah. time, right? If uh, for tailgates, we go on the air at, at eleven. I, so the tailgates uh, will start six hours. Start at nine. Basically, is that how they do yeah, it? yeah, correct. Yeah, start at nine. And I'd say you know three thirty is a really good time because it gives you enough. Again, time. the game's at three. I want to make <sighs> well, sure I tell you that so you can say three <laughs> o'clock. Three. Yeah, it uh, gives you plenty of time to tailgate. It also lets the game out at a decent time, like right around dinner. So the uh, you know the folks around town that make some money the restaurants like they chico's like and the folks yeah. that support pirate radio love it when the game lets out at six because then you can go and eat dinner at a, at a local restaurant um and you also you know for our staff here we get home at a reasonable time for the, po- the post game show starts around six it's not going until midnight and you know, stuff like that so oh i'm i'm team noon I'm, at this point i used I, to hate nooners now i'm team noon but i will say three is a good compromise versus a night game you it's know. been pretty good for the fans this year, right? I mean, people like it, a, an afternoon or a night game as opposed to noon games. We, we haven't had a lot of noon. We have been very fortunate, knock on wood. That, yeah. uh, it seemed like the other well, couple, past couple of years, it was noon, noon, noon. Uh, we have stayed away from the nooners, which has been pretty good. Yeah. Coach, Hopefully we can stay that way. Did you care when you kicked off? Did you have a preference? No. I liked it. I, you know, when I was at Baylor, which was Central Standard Time, you know, like if you're playing on national TV, I mean, we kicked off a lot at 11. Oh, yeah, our noon is your 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah. and kick, I went to that Northwestern you know, game a few weeks ago, Clip, and I got to tell you, just getting there in time for yeah. kickoff. So was that an 11 it, it local was an 11 a.m. local time? Ooh. And just getting everybody ready, the kid yeah. the in the car and part, forget tailgate. <laughs> and we were just happy to get there in time for the yeah. national anthem. The great thing is you really do have an entire day ahead of you after the game. Like yeah. you don't because sometimes football is an entire day. And in that case you got a lot of day left. Eleven AM kickoff on Saturday morning just is not conducive it, it, for it, me. It was a big change for me when I was at Baylor. Uh I mean 
I mean, you stop and think about it. You're kicking off at 11. You, your prep's way before, yeah. You know, you're in the office at 7. Yeah. And, you know, your kids are stretching at 8. Mm-hmm. Probably worried about them getting out of bed in time to, yeah. to make it to the stadium. Yeah. Uh, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll have more with Coach Rick Smith, Troy D., Hour 1 here of Pirate Radio Live. A lot to go on this Friday. We'll be back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews, along with wine and growlers. The bottle shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings, featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries, along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Victory Friday. Great to come into the Pirate Radio Studios following an East Carolina victory last night over South Florida. 29-14 to gets the Pirates to 4-4 four and four on the year. Two and two in conference play. The Temple Owls on deck next Saturday. Yeah, I see. Uh, I was looking for. Looked like there was some more conference shakeup news. Not with the American, but uh, this one with Marshall, who we have a long term. Uh, would, would you call relationship with? I guess is a fair way to say it uh, in sports and football specifically. Um, news breaking today that they are going to the Sun Belt. So in leaving Conference USA, I don't know what the hell is left in Conference USA, but you've got to feel like a loser if you're the only team left in Conference USA right now because everyone I know that I could name in Conference USA has left either to uh, the Sun Belt, uh, mostly the Sun Belt. Maybe what was the other one uh, a couple people went to, or was it all been the Sun Belt? Before? Yeah, it's been the Sun yeah. Belt. For the, for the Conference USA teams, I think Conference USA – is pretty much done. I, I saw a uh, media report of teams they were looking at to add. Yeah. Like, one of them, I swear to God, I thought it was a made-up school. Like, Tarleton? I, yeah, I never yeah. even heard. Tarleton like, State or what something. What the hell is that? Like a, a, like a community college out of it, Texas or something? Texas. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I've never, like, I follow sports for a living. I've never heard of that, Coach. One of my former but, players is the secondary coach. Well, uh, of course, I knew Rick Smith would have <laughs> a story about there. Yeah, sorry about that. But uh, New uh, Mexico State, who has traditionally been really bad, UConn was, like, on a list and apparently were denied entry in football only. And, uh, and also Liberty, I've seen their name on the list. Yeah, and a lot of those schools may go, you know what, we don't want to mess with them. We're going to stay where we're at. They might be better off where they're at versus a uh, <laughs> falling apart Conference USA. Uh, you said that, man, you got to feel like a real loser if you're left in Conference USA. Everybody's wondering if uh, Skip Holtz is a loser. Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Tech. Still stuck in there. I guess so. And, and you know <laughs> what, maybe that is uh, karma. I hate to say And I oh. like Skip. But Skip did leave East Carolina to go to the Power Five. To go to the Power Five, and now here he is, left one of the last teams remaining in perhaps the weakest conference in America right now. You know who else left with him? Rick Smith. Yeah, but it wasn't Rick's fault. <laughs> I know. Rick would have wanted to stay. Look where he is now when he had a choice. Right back home. You're damn right, Coach. Ain't that right? I was sitting at my house, and I got a phone call at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning from Skip. He'd been gone a week. 
down to South Florida. He called me and said, the plane is landing at 1 o'clock in Greenville. If you want a job with me, be on it when it flies out at 1.30. He also called Steve Shankweiler and maybe Donnie. No, what Donnie Carpaccio. Anyway, there's, oh, it was Vernon. There was, Hargraves. He called four of us. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all, I didn't know who he'd called, but all four of us showed up and got on the plane. Well, so, and had and ECU had not named a replacement at that time, right? Not so you would have kind of been in limbo. If oh, you yeah. Shake, yeah. Shake was, I one, mean, was one of the finalists yeah. to take over. Yeah. I mean, it came down to basically him and Ruff. Yeah. You know, I would have probably stayed if, if, no, wait, if wait, wait, Shank wait. had got it. It wasn't uh, after Skip. Who was hired after Skip? Yeah. Shank, Ruff were talked about. Well, I'm going to tell you why. I don't know if... We'll make sure I have the order right. I, yeah. might be, okay. I might be speaking out of turn here, but Shank was told it was his. Well. And, and, he, and got, he got... He got... I was pretty young uh, here at Pirate Radio, Troy, but there were... It was even reported by someone that yep. Shank got the job, he, right? He, uh, listen. Not I'm by not, here, but... I, he was I, told I, by the he, AD it was his. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, you know... Going anyway. to all the history of it but he there was a time where shank was going to be the next coach and out of a courtesy to ruff and mcneil they interviewed him even though it seemed like the decision had been made but i get i from what i heard ruff wowed them so much in the interview it mm. kind of changed the, the rest yeah. is history but it was basically shank's staff often wonder coach what path would have happened if uh if Ruffin McNeil doesn't do that interview or doesn't come here and Steve Shankweiler is the next coach after Skip, you know, and, and I was, you know, talking to Shank back then, too. And I knew a, a lot of the assistants. He was going to bring some big time assistants in here. And I don't know. You would have had a decision to make whether you stay with Skip or you work yeah. with Shank. Um, what do you think would have happened with the ECU football the next few years under his direction? I think Shank would still be here and they'd be winning. I mean, he loves East Carolina. He's coached here longer than anybody else in the world and he is here now and he's here now yeah and uh he's very intelligent i mean he's a hell of a recruiter uh i think they'd be rolling i know uh at the time i heard like rick mentor who you knew uh, i worked for rick at cincinnati was gonna come in like as the d coordinator perhaps i'd heard yeah rick's a good coach um so i mean it would have been interesting to see what would have happened in a you know it's just the way the dominoes fall sometimes see shank worked at uh, Cincinnati with when Rick Minner was the head coach. Mm-hmm. And then I missed Shank a year there. He When he was leaving, I was going in to Cincinnati with uh, with Minner. Yeah. When was uh, Stockstill's name out there? Was that when that was John came? Like yeah. after? That was after. It was after John Thompson, obviously, because I remember one of the hangups with him was like, could you get past the John Thompson residue on him? You know, when, when he was the you know the stink still you know That's nickname when, that was when skip left yes stock still came up big then yeah and that was the question it and he's like, done well at, at middle tennessee but i just i don't know if the, you could have sold that to this fan base yeah it was not the pick i just time. remember his yeah. name yeah it was yeah. he was he was being talked to yeah in fact he <laughs> i remember talking to terry holland about it back then i think terry uh was really high on him and willing to potentially give him the job I think he was some very interested from what I've heard and went back on the plane, talked to his wife, and never was heard from again. Yeah. 
I heard the same so thing. If he if they if he went ahead and had a press conference and <laughs> didn't go back and talk to the wife, who knows what that could have happened. So. How many uh interviews or, or interest over the years, coach, have you been involved in with head coaching? Oh, possibly two. I had a, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's funny you brought that up because I was thinking about that sometime today or yesterday. Uh, I was I was fairly young, and uh, I just I was really having a blast as a you know as an assistant, and uh, I didn't feel like I was ready for that. Uh, I'd been a head coach in high school. And I just kind of enjoyed recruiting as an assistant. And I love my relationship just with my room, mm-hmm. you know, my kids. And uh, then I, you know, it didn't come up again as I got older. Yeah. And I think once you've been in the business a while, it's not as much interview that people know who you are. It's more coach maybe seeking you out. Hey, Rick, do you want this? I have this position open. Yeah. Are you interested? Type yeah. of deal. You know, more than a job interview, perhaps. Right. Uh, a lot of phone calls that nobody ever knows about. Yeah, you know, goes on. Rick Smith joining us. Troy D here. Troy. Who's the, so besides Louisiana Tech, who's left in Conference USA? Then is Southern Miss still there? They're out. I thought they announced they were going to the Sun Belt. Sun Belt. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were part just, like uh, a part of a package deal. It was like I wonder um, why. I guess the Sun Belt doesn't want Louisiana Tech. I mean, they've got a good little program. It seems like Skip's done a good job there. He has. Guess not. Well, he's still done a good job, but maybe the Sun Belt, not what they're looking. Maybe not what the Sun Belt's looking. Maybe for. the Sun Belt has gone for like, hey, we want actual good teams rather than location correct. or that stuff. So, whereas the Americans going for cities, yeah, correct, yeah. Well, Skip's been there what seven years now or eight, and he's had one losing season. Yeah, and they're having a down year this year. But um, uh, let me run through the uh, the teams here in Conference USA and see who is uh, still standing. So Charlotte's on its way on to join us, right? Yeah. Uh, Marshall to the Fun Belt. Yep. FAU is joining us. Western Kentucky still oh, no, there. Staying. Yeah. Staying. So Middle Tennessee staying. FIU has not gotten a call staying. anywhere that I know of. Old Dominion out. They got the call to the Sun Belt? Yes. Uh, UTSA will be joining the American. They're 8-0, ranked right now, actually. Uh, UTEP. American. No. No, they're... Where are they going? UAB American, Rice American, Louisiana Tech staying, North Texas. They're joining us, too, right? Yeah. It's, it's North Texas and yeah. San Antonio are the two from yeah. Texas. So, Louisiana Tech, UTEP... FIU and WKU and in Western Kentucky, yeah. So four, they're down to four basically. If our numbers are right, they added three. I mean, that'd be a hell of a basketball conference basketball tournament at the yeah. end of the year. Final, make it the <laughs> final four, no matter what. They play each other four times during yeah. the regular season, <laughs> and then play a tournament. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool actually. Could they survive? I guess you have to have a certain number yeah. though to uh, be considered Division One. I. I forget what the number is. They added Liberty. Like, who else today? so are they really going through with that to add schools well to? i've only seen a media report that there was interest in talking to them i haven't seen an announcement from liberty saying that they're moving in sure i mean but you haven't seen outside of like the, <laughs> what happened with the three that are leaving the american the only thing i see with liberty is stuff about jerry falwell jr coming right out at this point <laughs> yeah, that's not stuff. good news 
So, yeah, I don't know. Imagine Hugh Freeze being your least problematic head employee. <laughs> uh, Brennan says, Oresco absolutely blew this round of realignment. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I guess time will tell on that. It's a little... Like, early. it's not what we it's, want, yeah. but it's almost like what could what have could happened. Happen? I, I think he got, he got outboxed a little bit, but or boxed out maybe is the better term. You see, what you don't realize here, guys, is with my connections with ESPN, they told me that these are the teams that they want as we realign. I don't know whose voice yeah. you're trying to do, but you don't sound anything like me. <laughs> well, that, that's very not fair, uh, Mr. Brock, and I do appreciate I am a big fan of you and your show, but uh, I must say it's do been a, a fantastic while. job. I must say it's been a while since I've talked to that Troy D, and uh, I don't want him mocking me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> got to get a rescue on huh? yeah i know talk about filling an hour that guy oh yeah he's we, we're one of the best about, talkers out there uh probably the guy a lot of times when we have guests you i'll have like a top 10 okay these are the topics i want to discuss and get through arrest honestly i had 20 last time we had a rescue i had 20 different questions slash topics i wanted to get to you got and we, we, in fact i had a clip i remember going with you because we were kind of brainstorming okay which you know i'll take what, these, do, we, yeah. what do you want to talk about what do we you know we're actually you know doing some show prep um and i swear we got through like three or four well by the end of it you had to cut it's, them off of his answers you would jump in <laughs> and be like mike mike we got uh we got two minutes left uh, you know you would have to yes cut them i had off. to play a speed round with mike oresco at the last interview yeah he is incredible now i will tell you this if you've got three hours to kill and he's your only guest you could do it uh but we only had like a 20 30 minute segment with him he's long form content yes uh podcast yeah he may be too long for a podcast (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine our room with bowlsby and oresco in it it's about two guys that are at uh at odds yeah that that would be a great podcast right you had those yeah. two guys break down what happened yeah i would like to hear and i don't know how much michael shared but when we talked to him just the behind the scenes what 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 went into the decision making process because it did escalate quickly it happened fast well initially you know, I mean, it, it was that the american was going to take teams from the big 12 yeah that was one day where we were like happy but we kind of knew it was yeah. too good to be true we yeah. had totally convinced ourselves that we were the power conference the big 12 was breaking up yeah we were going to take some teams yeah and, yeah. and all that that TV, TV deals and TV money didn't matter. But boy, that was fun and made for some great memes at the time. Yeah. <laughs> that then, was a great week. Then we woke up to yeah. reality. Then we woke up to reality of, That well, would have been th- awesome if we could have turned the Big 12 into what Conference USA is right now. We were like, man, we're going to pull in probably a K-State, uh, maybe get TCU back We, we were in. debating right. which Big 12 teams were good enough <laughs> right. to make the cut. We Troy were. had already excluded Kansas out yeah, of the Yeah, I'm like, no, we don't need them. They don't. Their body of work's terrible. They're essentially Yukon in a cornfield. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't want corn cob Yukon here. <laughs> that road trip would be awful. Yeah. Coach, you follow this stuff? You don't really care, do you? No. You don't follow the conference stuff? Not too much. Uh, I don't blame you. What will be, all. will be. One thing I did want to mention when we were talking about coaches and what could have been, do you remember there was like a few moments there where – coach houston could have gone to charlotte yeah Yeah, that's true Mm -hmm. too yeah that's that's a what if i i they came close i think he had a job basically in charlotte but wanted 
to talk to ECU Where first. the coaches could have been flipped. We would have had Charlotte's coach. Yeah. And Charlotte would have we'll, had Mike Houston. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? Probably, Which uh, at the time is what I uh, tweeted that Charlotte got Psych Houston instead of Mike Houston <laughs> as their coach. But, and, and look, it worked out for both those guys. And yeah. either one of those sure. guys could have been good here. You know, Mike probably would have been successful in Charlotte. I, I, I think wherever he ended up, it could have worked out and probably would have worked out for him including East Carolina. Right. But you're right. There was a moment in time where I think he's like, hold on before I accept any... I mean, I remember how open he was about it. Yeah, it was like, very I, open. There was a direct question on the field. Are you, you know, going to, like, Charlotte? Because they were still playing. This is while he's in the second round of the FCS playoffs. Yeah, they're still playing. Yeah. And he said, I'm, I'm not doing anything just yet until I talk to... Or well, I forget what his answer was, but it was very direct. It was and genuine, like, though. Yeah, but it gave it was, a lot of information. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, I've never heard a coach actually an- answer it that honestly. But it left kind of the door open for East Carolina. And, you know, Dave Hart reached out at the time, and the rest is history there. Happened very quickly. It did. Over a, uh, a weekend. And All I right. think the best hires are the ones that do happen quickly. It seems like the worst hires sometimes are the ones... When you have no plan, you have no plan, and let's oh let's get the committee together and let's drag it out for a month and let's you know and that's you know what what resulted in that, Scotty Montgomery, group let's, decisions we had the are group never good. think we had a bunch of people on the committee, let's get this coach here, let's get this donor here, let's get this administrator here, an athletic director, let's get job. the search committee. It's to, part of it is to hire fire correct. To, to bring in consultants shows you weak at your job. I, I don't understand right. it. I so don't get Con- it. constantly brought in Todd Turner as his consultant, who was terrible as the AD at NC State, I thought, and was even worse as a consultant. And if you look at the people he placed, I just you know, the fact that you're paying this guy, as you said, you're an athletic director. Do your job. Yeah. When well, you see agents and consultants and all that get involved, things can get muddled real quick. Yeah. I do think sometimes you just got to go. Yeah. Gut instinct. Qu- speed is important yeah and not dragging it out and, and having too many cooks in the kitchen because you end up with a scotty montgomery situation no offense scotty montgomery that was a bad pot of chili yeah i mean honestly too many cooks in that chicken. it wasn't even his yeah. fault he was put into a position he wasn't ready for correct it was not his fault and, and at I, all. I don't blame him for taking it absolutely right move for him to take now it when he gets here money, he's got to do the job and win but like he shouldn't have been here in the first place yeah honestly. it was almost like an actor playing the role of a coach i mean rick smith just admitted he had an opportunity and said, I don't know if I was ready for that head coaching job. That's tough to say. A lot of people's ego won't say that. They'll say, yeah. I'm going to take it anyway. And I'd, been, I'd been a head coach in high school at two different schools, and we, I say we were successful. And then uh, I was at Georgia Tech, and I was not the D coordinator, but we had some success. And, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, who was on the staff at Georgia Tech called me and he said, uh, I just got a call about you. I said, you did? Yeah, they, they want to interview, for, interview you for the head job at such and such school. Are you interested? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd only been coaching at Georgia Tech. You know, I'd been a high school coach. and Now, if that was 2015 and they said yeah. there's $3 million attached to it or something, oh, yeah. you know, it might be a little different. Yeah, the true. money was probably different back yeah. then, too. Well, when I was, you know, this is 100 years ago, but when Bobby Bowden went to Florida State, they hired him and said, you got three years to turn the program around at Florida State or we're going to discontinue football at FSU. Wow. And he made a whopping three, uh, 36 
thousand dollars a year that's what he started out at of course 30 years later he's making yeah. two point something million <laughs> right um, and the what, football program is still here today yeah and that's what you call a sense of urgency you know but that's how yeah. the game has just changed so yeah. much yeah you know Troy, do you need to get out of here? Yeah, I'm going to duck out. I've right. got a uh, football event to get to. Uh, actually, a fall sports event for uh, both of my sons that they're recognizing uh, at Epps Middle School. So i got to get out of that. But I'm going to leave you in the trusty hands of Coach Rick Smith because he has his folder. We'll go over I some can, numbers. It has writing all over it, and a lot of it looks like it's from last night's game. So we're going to go inside the numbers with Rick Smith when we come back. We'll wrap up the hour with Coach Smith. Troy, we'll see you on Monday. See you Monday at the three hour number three. Look forward to it. All right, and we'll take a timeout, come back, have more for you. By the way, uh, real quick, I don't want to dwell on this. Is Daylight Savings Time coming up Sunday? Did I hear that right? I want to put out a public service announcement. Just Google it before you make a statement. No, I I do. I had... Can someone fact check me on that? I did hear that this Sunday. Just Google Daylight Savings Time. I know, because if it's the case, I just wanted to bitch about it real quick before I got off the air. All right, well, we'll wait. (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. It is not. It's not. When is it? It says Sunday, November 7th. Oh, okay, good. Never mind. Have a great weekend, No need to panic yet. Yeah, we got a good week. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Well, now we know what next Friday show is going to be about, Coach. We're good. We got one last week of sunlight. Make the most of it, people. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, Pirate fans, are you craving a calzone? Then Community Calzone is for you. Open seven days a week, plus open late on weekends until 4 a.m., and they deliver. For calzones, wings, salads, and more, make it Community Calzone on Greenville Boulevard. Now open for dine-in, takeout, or delivery. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We'll wrap up the hour with Coach Rick Smith, who uh, has got to be liking what this Pirate defense has been doing uh, over the last, I mean, really this entire season. They've shown improvement. They're forcing turnovers. And once again, Coach, I'll say it, uh, back-to-back weeks shutting out the opponent in the second half. We didn't talk much about that Houston game, just another one that yeah. they should have, could have, would have had. And uh, the defense gave them several chances to win it at the end of regulation, but the Pirate offense couldn't come through. Last night, I guess a little more complimentary football where the defense and offense was playing off each other. Well, if I'm correct now, the offense did not have a turnover last night. Uh, we had fumbles. We fumbles. did not have interceptions. Okay. I know Sneed fumbled on a kickoff and Calhoun fumbled on a catch. Uh-huh. No interceptions. Um, but and in the second half, we played clean. Yeah. But, Holton uh, had a uh, fumble at the uh, goal right. line. That's the right. goal line, yeah. Now, we were able to get the ball back a few yeah. times, too. I know the defense is just they've gotten better each week i mean when you're getting i know they got three turnovers last night if i'm not mistaken they got three the week before i mean they're averaging two to three turnovers a game and uh you know you're taking an opportunity away from your opponent and you're giving your you know your offense another chance to score and that's that's 
you know, if you get enough chances, and I brought it up last week, you know, an average game's 12 possessions. You get three turnovers, that's your goal. And you're now getting 15 opportunities, and the other team you're playing is only getting nine. So chances of winning is pretty good. Pirates uh, great on third down defensively last night, Coach. Did they ever get one? Let me, I thought uh, they were perfect on third down. I think they were. Uh, 0 for 7 was yeah. South Florida last night. 0 for 7. On third downs. East Carolina continuing to struggle offensively on third downs. They were 6 of 17 last night. 5 of 6 on fourth down for East Carolina. So we're seeing them aggressive. We saw the kicker miss a couple. So that could add to the decision making to go for it. But uh, the Pirates, what they weren't getting on third down, doing a good job of picking up on fourth down. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, before the game, Barbara, because we knew we knew some of the coaches on the other staff. Uh, Brad Scott, who is the father of the head coach, Jeff Scott. Yeah. Uh, Brad tried to hire me at when he was the head coach at South Carolina, and uh, so I saw Brad before the game, and uh, of course the uh, I visited with him in the lobby. You know, of course. You know, Brad's really helping his son a lot. I mean, he's he's really, Jeff Scott's a young head yeah, coach, yeah, right? Yeah, early forties. Yeah, he's only been at one school. That was Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. You know, and his dad was in a consultant there at Clemson. Uh, so his dad has a lot to do with you know what's going on down there, and uh, you know I hope they're successful. Yeah, and he's got apparently uh, Charlie Strong, who was on the rise years and years ago. Yeah. Went to Texas, didn't work out there, went to South Florida, and apparently it was worse than we all thought. Uh, It looks like they had a pretty bare cupboard when Jeff Scott got there. Yeah, you know, that, and it's a, you know, you think about the schools that are in the state of Florida, even though there's a lot lot of players, you know, you got to beat FSU. University of Florida, Miami, UCF has taken a rise. I mean, so you got four major universities you're competing against. Plus, everybody in America goes to Florida to recruit. You know, like University of Michigan. You know, they're going to come in there. Not they're not going to come in there on 50 players, but they're going to find about 10 players in Florida, and they're going to recruit them real hard. And every other school in America, Ohio State. I mean, it's just a tough, tough job recruiting. South Florida's got an interesting staff. They've got some uh, some names. If you're a football fan, you remember Daquan Bowers was really good at Clemson. He's their defensive line coach now. Ernie Sims, oh, yeah. uh, really good player, is their linebackers coach. And their offensive coordinator has a familiar name, Charlie Weiss Jr., right. the son of Charlie Weiss. I kept hearing his name last night, uh, Coach, and uh, hadn't heard the name Charlie Weiss in a while. In a while. His son is the O.C. Yeah. And the the defensive coordinator played for me at Georgia Tech. Glenn Spencer? Glenn Spencer. Okay. Uh, back in the 80s. Uh, and Glenn is, uh, you know, just a great young man. Of course, he's not as young as he was when <laughs> I coached him. That was 30, 40 years ago. But, uh, you know, I wish them luck. I didn't want them to beat us. Uh, but I hope they win the rest of them. Uh, we finally got over the, the Temple bugaboo last year, Coach. For whatever reason, ECU could not beat the Temple Owls. <laughs> they were able to do it last year, uh, and now we got them coming up next week. We'll talk about it more uh, next Friday with you. But an opportunity for the Pirates to uh, win a couple in a row at home here and, and feel good about themselves. Well, I really think that we got four left. Two of them 
in my opinion, should be wins. And if you, you know, if you play really well, you might win three. We I might don't need you to go to uh, practice in a couple of weeks and talk some triple option with them. That still worries <laughs> me, Coach. I don't care how bad Navy is. Facing that option still worries me as a fan. Well, it's not like I uh, shut them out. <laughs> well, nobody you know, when, does. When we but, played them. Yeah. Uh, but they do. Uh, I have asked the, the players and uh, and coaches as well. They That's something you don't just start the week of. You're kind of going through that yeah. as the season goes along, right? We always actually spent, uh, you know, every, every school I was at when you played Navy during the spring – you took four days and worked on nothing but navy mm. uh i know we did it at georgia tech because we played navy every year uh we did it here with skip when we were playing navy uh we did it with rough i mean you you take four days during the spring and you work on navy yeah and because uh, you don't see it yep it's uh it's always doug on facebook says ecu has always had problems with the triple option but memphis looks a lot more winnable now than it did before yeah. the season started so and, and a lot of that has to do with how ecu's playing and how they've played on the road coach they've been so close they were able to to get the one against marshall but to come up short against ucf and against houston they know they can go on the road and play with teams so well right now i mean uh, you know we got temple at home that yeah. you know we, we should win that one gotta have that one now navy they're not they're not very good at all this year i mean of course you got to go to navy which it's not that bad to play there but i mean you get those two you're in a bowl game now whatever happens against memphis and cincinnati you know last year cincinnati was supposed to kill us and we played the heck out of that game you know that was a close game we'll see what they're playing for got a big game in conference this week with houston and smu the winner of that one likely We'll see Cincinnati in the championship, and, and the Bearcats are still going for style, point, style points. They got yeah. Tulsa this week. Yeah. So, uh, they had, Navy uh, played Cincinnati tough last week. Cincinnati only won by seven. So, Cincinnati's going to try to roll up some points against your old uh, Green Wave All this right. week. We'll see what they do. Well, Coach, uh, what you doing this weekend? Watching football, hanging around the house. What a plan. I like <laughs> it. I'm going to do the Rick Smith plan this week. Uh, when you uh, when you making your Kentucky trip? next week okay are you gonna be with us friday or you gonna be gone i'll be gone you'll be gone next Glad friday. you brought that up okay yeah we're leaving thursday morning well have fun they got uh who's kentucky guy i've been i've tennessee. really enjoyed following them this they year. got tennessee next week right who yeah, they got next this week? week this week i'm not Let's sure see. kentucky has at mississippi state at mississippi kentucky state. is 12th in the nation uh so they'll be in starkville tomorrow night and then you'll be there for the night game against tennessee that'll be a big right. one so they've been playing some great football. All right, Coach. I enjoyed it, man. Thank I you. Always enjoy it. Rick Smith joining us, hour number one. When we return, we'll uh, switch gears, talk some NFL with Tony Dunn, Chronicles.com. Good grief. The Panthers have fallen on hard times. 3-0 and start. Lost four in a row since then. Can they get back on track against the Falcons? We'll talk about that more when we return after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a football Friday and a free beer Friday. We got a Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack coming your way in hour number three. We'll make you a winner of that. We got some NFL picks to make this hour. And unfortunately, we have to, uh, I'll do the ad read next segment. I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, It's a great one, though. It's an all timer. Um, We got to talk about the Panthers. Ugh. Yeah. I was thinking about it. If we put Shirley's Dolphins, my football team, and your Panthers in an arena and just put a football in the middle of it, like who would F up the least? I don't know, but um, like Rose High School would probably win. Definitely. Will well, Blanton it would take team. a long damn time to answer that question. <laughs> I mean, it would just be. What you know, would be the representative from each team that you would send out? <laughs> like, you got to pick one guy. Well, Haneke is uh, your hero. Very entertaining and Heineke. also does some dumb stuff, so he'd be funny. Robbie Anderson would be a good representative. Yeah, I think so for the Panthers. You wouldn't send Chase Young out there. Well, I, I'm. I don't want to win. I want comedy. Oh, Chase Young could have. <laughs> They're all gonna look. He, could, he would dominate. He would just yeah. win. Yeah. They're all gonna look at that weird oblong object in the <laughs> middle of the field and be like, "What's that? What's that bear doing there? <laughs> What's that bear?" <laughs> I bring up Robbie Anderson because I had a uh, stat at uh, that I used for a trivia question this week, Tony. Robbie Anderson's yards per target is the worst in the NFL since late 2000s. Eddie Royal, do you remember him? He was a slot receiver for the Broncos. Eddie Royal was like 3.3 per target, and Robbie's is – he might be in the fours. But what that tells me is – He's got the dropsies. A lot of drops, uh, a lot of missed targets from the quarterback. and uh, That's a terrible stat. It is. The worst since what year? I think it was like 2008 or nine. Jeez, how'd you find that stat? Uh, just roaming the tweeter, buddy. Yeah, I got you. Roaming the tweeter. Uh, so, yeah, Panthers, uh, that was ugly last week. It's, oh, I guess man. It's ugly oh, I, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've actually been combing through the records of Panther losses, and I think it might be the worst <laughs> loss in the history of our team. It's pretty close. There was – In the history of Panthers yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. There's only been – I mean, like – and how, here's, like, how I've been trying to quantify what is the worst loss. Right. Is under seven points scored is the first, like, yeah, cutoff. And then I start looking at um, the opponent, the points allowed – and then third, I like I like to look at who uh, you got to look at the opponent's record at, at some the point, end. Right? We got to right. put the the opponent in context, right? Exactly, and that's the third p- component: okay. is does the opponent turn out to be good or bad? And it's really hard to find um, a worse loss statistically against a team 
that is worse than with a worse record than the Giants. Now, maybe the Giants make a crazy run, which I don't foresee happening. But right now, I am. Uh, there was a 34 to three loss against the Denver Broncos in 1997, where Sterling Sharp is it? Uh, not Shannon, Sharp. Shannon Sharp had 156 yards receiving in the first half. But Denver was good though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they and, were. Yeah. And they that also was Super Bowl. Denver. Yeah, that was. They also. But here's the crazy thing: is that the, one of the Denver players returned? There was two punt returns for a touchdown in one quarter. Jeez, the first Rare quarter air. of the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just crazy stuff like that. Um, I did find one other game in 2010 where the Panthers had like under 160 yards of total offense. So who that could we, qualify? Jimmy Clausen era. Yeah, that was pre-cam. Yeah, but see, even then it was um, the whole team was bad. Right, I didn't expect it, anything out of that team. Like, yeah, it, the, the Panthers were also. Down. I don't know if you factor this in, Tony. The the point spread. The Panthers were favored in this game, right? Yeah. So, like, that's that's, that's part of the context. Yeah, it's insanity. And then the other thing, too, is that it was uh, Jimmy Clausen. He had all of these stinker games, but he was also like just 11 for 17 or 11 for 23. Like they weren't pa- – it was almost like they didn't get the ball a lot. Like all this, they would just go three and out. Three and out. And then the other team would run it for an hour, and then they'd get it back and three and out, inter- one interception. There's been a lot of – go back and look at the worst games in your team's history. It is interesting yeah. to see. <laughs> uh, there was one uh, – who was it? There was uh, like – it was like uh, Chris Winky had like three pick sixes in a game or something. Like, this is crazy. It sounds like you kind of had fun looking back yeah, at this I'm, I'm going to make a YouTube video next week. I'm trying to put it together, the five worst five losses. Five worst. Yeah. In, in, I like it. Uh, if you're not careful, you might have a top 10 this week if you lose to Atlanta. Oh, gosh. Uh, They're on a three-game winning streak, though. Not, they have weapons, and they have pieces. Yeah. They just and don't have anything on defense. We'll see how bad they are, and we'll see how bad we are. No, I mean, I know you don't want to rehash all this crap No, again, we need but to. It's 173 okay. total yards, Tony. Yeah. Like, I was looking at the Giants box score. They didn't do anything that really jumped no. out, it looks like. No. The score at halftime was 5-3, to three Clip. Oh, that's right. I said it was uh, going to come down to the bullpens. Like, it was, uh, man, our defense was sitting there and playing two teams. They were playing the Giants offense and the Panthers offense. Didn't the three come on the first drive? Yes. And then there was a safety. And the defense was doing all right. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but just five. It was just miserable. It was just like the most miserable performance of all time. There was just no hope on offense. Yeah, and this was right after I was at uh, somebody was at, I was at AJ's, and they were telling me that they took the over in this uh, in this uh, playoff game in MLB, and it was like nine runs. I was like, man, that's kind of. He was like, well, look at all the scores. It was like 14-6. And, and I'm sitting there looking at this score at halftime thinking, man, I'm watching baseball. Oh, uh, you're and probably it's a boring uh, baseball game. That, that Astros-Red Sox series produced yeah. some yeah, high totals. That's what they were talking about. And you're watching a 5-3, a to three, which is just a hilarious score. Like, it I is. Love a, I wish it would have ended like that. A 3-2, a 5-3 to three is awesome. <laughs> So uh, yeah, rough times, and, and as Glenn just said, you have no hope on offense. Do you feel like in that game? Do you feel that way moving forward? Because right. we've seen this offense, even without McCaffrey, put up yards and yeah. points at times. I think right now I'm in an existential crisis when it comes to this team because you, it was so bad at this point, 
that right now you just are starting to think, is there anything good? Right? <laughs> like, is there anything that could be good? Let's find some positives here. And I don't think he can. Is I think the offensive line is the worst offensive line that we've had ever. Is uh, it the worst in the league? I, if it's not, then I those poor people. I mean, people, the Giants who else? is pretty bad. I mean, I haven't looked at the, a lot of Jaguars or Lions football. Yeah, yeah. We didn't smoke the Giants, though. They were all hurt, and we still didn't get to after them. Sure. Oh, sure. yeah, you thought you were playing against one of the worst. Yeah. Right. Um, no, so the, uh, the offensive line looks like it's beyond repair. Sam Darnold looks broken, <laughs> like, forever. Is that whatever optimism we were trying to hold out for of a reclamation project that we thought, this game was so bad that you go, he got benched. Sam Darnold got benched in the third quarter. Yeah. What I mean, was the, Walker uh, came in. the guy with the white gloves? Not Teddy, two gloves. Oh, it was... Uh, Matt, Matt Moore? No. No, it like, was the car brother. It was no, car. car. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of the car brother where he's just so gunshot from like years, yeah. a few years <laughs> of being like in a bad shock. system. Yeah, he's just coming out of World War. He looks like one of those World War One vets that yes. got that, the wrap he's around a his bit. head. The dude has been through a bad time. Even in a clean pocket, he's like, Which I know Which car I'm was hit. it? Was it Derek or Dave? Um, David is the old one. Derek's right uh, now. David Carr. I always used to make the joke is that after that 73 sack season, he got sacked yeah. 73 times in a season. They should have shipped his brain to harbor uh, yes immediately he, I always with him like attached if he, if he was like at a movie theater and some overweight people walked in he just like peed his pants right there he's like oh god he's scared of large men you just can't deal with it but then um and now so sam darnold done um done? Now, yeah i mean like right. so we have no reason to think otherwise at this point but now i'm sitting here going matt rule and joe brady also might I, is it a, is is it a you're, tear it up. you're at the point in the tenure where you say they might not be good. I don't want it to be that way, and I don't think that we have enough evidence to fully conclude that. Yeah. But at that, that was the worst performance that you could imagine. I brought this up with Chandler earlier this week because I knew he wouldn't be here on Friday. I want to talk about it with you. All coaches do coach speak, and maybe it's because I follow you and other Panthers fans, and so I see it a lot. But Matt Rule... He's got like some kind of computer program where he puts uh, keywords and they make a sentence out of it. He has the most like cliche coach speak stuff. Like we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we got to do it together. Or it's all that's why I think he was attached to every job. Like for just because he says the right thing, right? Like he. You know how like Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well. well you know guess what, what Matt do? Rule does. He we're interviews gonna, well. This week we're gonna run the ball. I, I don't know. And it's, then you don't do it. It's very. Then you don't do it at <laughs> all. We had 17 rushes. That's because he's just saying things. You were behind. You were slinging it. It. W- but you were. You, you were behind five to three. <laughs> you were behind two points. Two there was points. no hope. <laughs> that five to three deficit, man. You it was gotta... a seven possession game in his mind. <laughs> so it's probably piling on at this point. But I just thought the Matt Rule stuff. Like every quote I see is just, could be used in any circumstance by anybody in the yeah. world. I don't know. And let me finish it with this: is that one of the things about Ron Rivera that I did like is that he could he was strong enough. That he had this like interior fortitude that he didn't get shook even in even towards the latter stages when you should be never in the moment right right and just you could could not shake this guy and um in ron rivera's second year we started out um i think like one in six or so we we won the last six out of nine games that season on a and when he was on the hot seat 
at ultimately the same spot we are in right now where the team looks like a disaster. Uh, Sean McDermott, people are already thinking Sean McDermott didn't know how to coach defenses at this point. He Look at how good he's turned out. And Ron Rivera always had these strong November and Decembers, even when his team wasn't very good. Uh-huh. Matt Rule in this press conference after this game looked like a beaten puppy. And I'm starting to – and that's why – like I can't look at anything right now and just go, oh, it's going to get better yeah. tomorrow. That's and a, now I'm starting that's to a point of strength. Like, yeah. you, you can't pick them out. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't even know in long term either. So I'm not saying that Matt Rule's not it should be fired. I don't think that that's the answer. I don't think too quick to fire in this case would be the right move. But right now I am starting to think, maybe, man, maybe Joe Brady ain't that good at what he does. I think his inexperience is more showing than anything. And Matt Rule, the jury is still out. And right now the the prosecution just brought up some damning evidence for him. And sometimes you don't have to be great to make the playoffs. The Panthers have made it with a losing record before, right? Washington did it last year. So on top of your team stinking, sometimes you still have hope because the teams around you stink. For Washington, that's not the case. Dallas is going to walk away, run away with their division. And you got Brady and the Bucks in your division, so you have no hope there either. And so. I don't think I didn't think making the playoffs was necessary in my mind for the team for this team to be good in my in my eyes. Like I want to see us getting better from week to week, year to year, and we did that last year. But now we're going backwards. Yeah, and that's the scary part about this. And that's why when these uh, rumors came up about the Panthers, this ba- this loss was so bad that immediately <sighs> after the game. All of a sudden, it goes, well, maybe the Panthers are considering trading for Deshaun Watson. And I was, I'm not for it. I was not for it. And I'm glad it didn't happen. And it's really because of the history of our team, the circumstances that surrounded Deshaun Watson. And everybody goes, oh, he'll make us better. Yes, he would make us better on an individual anecdotal game basis. But this team would still stink. Well, do you remember the conversations be we, the we had yeah. last year? And this was prior to everything that came out about Watson. He was my favorite QB. And we talk about how great he is. And then we'd look at the Texans record and say, you know, would Aaron Rodgers ever be on a team that won four games? Would another quarterback? So... You know, even if you're right, Tony, and we talked about it a lot last year, if Deshaun Watson's there, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are going to take a leap forward, but will the team as a whole? I don't the know. Line's we would not. be better. The offensive we line. We would be better. He'll make the would. offensive line better, but still not great. Yeah, we might make the playoffs, but it's just, it still wouldn't be a, oh, it's just, this is the problem with the Panthers. It's not just Sam Darnold. Yeah. It's not just the offensive line. It's not just co- coaching. It happens to be oh, and it's not just injury. It happens to be all those things, and that's yeah. the sad part. So, I I don't know. I'm hoping that this is one of those things where I'm just a fan that's kind of in the doldrums, the panic mode, like the ch- chicken little moment, um, and that we somehow can turn around. Now we are getting a bunch of players. Shaq Thompson coming back, which. They, he doesn't even act like his foot's that good right now, so I'm not super excited about that. He got off to a great start of the season, yeah. too, right? Stephon Gilmore is going to be playing, which will help. Uh, so there are going to be some people that return. And maybe Christian McCaffrey comes back in, what, maybe? It's only one more week, I think. One or two more weeks hey, before he's eligible. Positives going here, if he Tony. comes back and shows any sort of value, you got to get rid of him this offseason. Wow. But we do have to play the Bills, the I mean, Cardinals, and the Bucks. He, he bypassed that very quickly. 
He you're not a believer. He in didn't that? even acknowledge what you said. You're not a believer. Man. I know he wants to take the one good thing away from. <laughs> and even that is one, good, one thing good thing is he's not even yeah. playing. The one good thing is a broken toy. I know he's like our Curtis Samuel. Sorry, I have to hurt other people. Who's that? <laughs> Never heard of. Him. <laughs> I have to lash out at other people to make myself feel better. Curtis Samuel is in the same category of like Sasquatch and Bigfoot. <laughs> like I've heard the stories, but I've never actually seen him. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, get Tony's thoughts on the Falcons uh, and the game last night. Oh yeah, about great game last bit. night. We'll talk about that. And we'll make some picks. There is a new leader in the clubhouse when picks. There's a positive for Tony Dunn. We'll uh, talk about that and run down the slate when we return. Much better slate than last week. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. When your AC or heater needs repair or replacing, call on the reliable service professionals of Delcor Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Go to DelcorInc.com or give them a call at 321-8868. Delcor, the service professionals in Greenville. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clint Brock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Free Beer Friday. Brought to you by Bud Light. We got a great giveaway today. A 12-pack of Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel, Bud Light Shirt, Koozies, Large Two-Topping Pizza to Domino's. We're going all in on hashtag PSL season with our new limited edition Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack. Four flavors made up for the hay-riding, apple-picking, and corn-mazing enthusiast in your life. Maple Pear, Apple Crisp, Toasted Marshmallow, and of course, the guiltiest of Fall's Guilty Pleasures, pumpkin spice so dust off your leather boots find your biggest scarf and start practicing your leaf throwing boomerang moves because fall is here somebody worked hard on that read yeah that's uh it's a lot a lot of stuff there glenn loves that so that was for you big dog uh we'll give that away coming up in hour three of our show Glenn's eating. <laughs> What's new? I keep looking at this him. Dude, it is my favorite ad read. And he's like pushing done. the mic away really? while he's chewing food. He stays hungry, dude. This dude's always eating when I come in here. Hey, don't get hungry. Stay hungry. There you go. That's what I Just say. Just because I have worked up until the point where I got here. Yeah. I hadn't eaten yet. He's got to get his blood sugar. So I got to right. eat. Yeah. We got to keep my man upright. Your wardrobe makes me want to support the troops. <laughs> I love the troops. All right. Hey, you got the camo pirate radio hat today. oh um i was thinking about you guys last night you guys are excited so you can watch um, football uninterrupted tomorrow hell yeah i, I mean that's the best thing about the, the thursday night game what's the worst thing about is dragging butt all day today it, yeah but my, i honestly I think, think i, I think <laughs> the, so the lead up is worse like the short week i love uh thursday football because i gotta be here at work anyway on a thursday Let's kill two birds with one stone and take a Saturday off. I'm I'm hype right now. I'm ready to roll. 
Uh, red eat a roll because the Braves play tonight, game three of the World Series. They're going to have a red out in Atlanta. And I forgot about this off the top of the show. Let's hit this real quick. Um, Shirley Rhodes, the Mike Houston locker room celebration. So nobody's perfect. Mike Houston's a Cowboys fan. Uh, Some of you out there are. This is an homage, I guess, to Jimmy Johnson. It sounds a lot like that. But I still get chills when I hear the Mike Houston, how about them pirates after a big win. So let's hear the locker room celebration. You'll also hear from former pirate golfer, Harold Varner III, who was in the locker room during the celebration. Here's last night. Hey, how about the Pirates? We didn't have the breaks in the first half. Okay, most of it was self-inflicted. Okay, but we put ourselves in a hole. They had all the momentum. We came out towards the second half. Big kickoff return to set the tone for the second half. And then you dominated the second half of play. That's the way a good football team plays. Congratulations. Just keep working, keep believing, and I believe in you. There's guys right here that believe in you, and I'm so proud of you. Winning is fun, Tony. It is. And uh, I will say, like, so we hear all that. Man. We hear all that in the room because the, the the room where we're at with the press is kind of, is connected almost to the locker room. So we hear all that stuff. And he comes over right from that to us and enters the room with a boisterous, how about them pirates before you can even hit record? Like, he, he's That's just awesome. – he's, he's ready to roll. Like, he's, he's just in the moment. I like uh, – seeing people enjoying themselves so to see mike that Houston sounds so creepy and uh sometimes i like, I I like, like to look in people's windows and see them enjoying <laughs> themselves uh to see mike houston at the end of the game smiling on the sidelines i like a little bit of an you know, unbuttoned they work their ass off yeah and they haven't enjoyed themselves exactly that adds to it tony so like uh, whole nailer's best passing game i arguably in my opinion ever well, I know that's crazy to say, because, but like you know what helps that out? He had his best running game last night. Yeah, I mean, but he was dealing um, defense, flying around. C.J. Johnson, right? Always he good. had uh, yeah. his best. I game love of the to season. see that coming back Both around. Receivers, C.J. and Aldi. Aldi is really physical. Last and night. in a, in the physical. weather in conditions, the weather. and you're still having your best passing game, and you're going downfield like Donnie Kirkpatrick, best offensive. Well, call it's nice like, to it see a, everything Tony, started uh, coming together when it's your team adjusts. Like they're playing up, they, and what do you do? You they're taking away Snead over the middle, underneath. You got to throw deep, and the Pirates took their shots. They and, did, and they were hitting. And there was a couple of times that they almost hit more. That one, like a toenail out out of bounds. CJ, yeah, yep, almost I mean, it's just one. good stuff. The running backs look. I mean, we're just running downhill, um, and the defense. You know, at times, you know, you started to worry a little bit when they were, you know, let, allowing the runs to get big in the beginning. But they responded later with that pick that that changed the game. Yep. Uh, and you know that's a. I like to see this defense gaining that momentum over two weeks. So um, two straight weeks, no points for the opposing team in the second half. Can't or can't argue with that. Might as well be, well be playing the Panthers. <laughs> well, he come back to the Panthers. <laughs> uh, no, exciting! It's exciting. It's a nice thing to see. Um, everything was great. Even the the broadcast was great last night. 
Everything was great. Everything was fantastic. It wasn't even a, Gary uh, from Gastonia was great. <laughs> <laughs> how about Atticus calling in? You know how many people have texted or come up to me and said, "By the way, I'm Gary from Gastonia." <laughs> it's like it's, uh, every, we're all Gary from Gastonia. <laughs> everybody's taking credit uh, or blame, however you want to look at it. What for that movie call. is that where they stand up and they go, "No, um, I'm." Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm blah, blah, blah. It does sound familiar. <laughs> that is uh, that is in life with Eddie Murphy and... Uh, oh, that's not Martin. Martin. I was thinking. Martin, where they... Oh, that was... I'm that baby's pappy. That was, that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But it's the go. same scene, though. It's where they all... Like, they're trying to get somebody in trouble for being the baby's pappy, and they all stand up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, my Washington football team is a stone's throw from 0-7. One of those wins was kind of a miracle finish against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, where are the 2021 Falcons right now? Y'all were talking about how they've... Well, a three game in a row. Three I think in a row. they're uh, three and three. Yeah, so like they're five hundred. Are they one of those uh, bad good teams? Or no, they're probably more of a good bad team where they can, any week they could beat an opponent. I, I think, think mediocre is a yeah, better word. I think they're just a mediocre, mediocre team that yeah. we thought was worse than they were yep. because they started out zero and three. We thought they were a bad mediocre team. Oh, yeah. well, but they're a mediocre, mediocre team. We we overvalue week one. When you lose oh, at home yeah. 32 to 6 to the Eagles, you are written off for yeah, the year. Yeah, especially when you think the Eagles are going to be terrible. It turns out that the Eagles play people tough. Let's pump the brakes a tad, too. They've beaten the Giants by three, the Jets by seven, and, and the, Jags the, in London. the Dolphins by the Dolphins two. In London. Hey, you can only play the guys on your schedule. <laughs> no, Glenn. That game was in Miami. We what just, was the game in London? We just said it should have been in London. That was the Jags. They no, beat the Jets Atlanta in London. Atlanta was in Atlanta. They yeah, beat okay. the Jets in London. Okay. Right, uh, and go. the Dolphins game last week should have been in London. Yes. But they played go. it there here in the United States. Uh, so they're 3-3. Three and three. Tony, what's the uh, the expectations for – God, you already said your expectations for Carolina. I mean, the Falcons, I'm going to pick them to win this game. Yeah, you know, two weeks in a row I'm picking against my team. You're taking the Falcons? Yeah. Wow. I don't want to. You know, and that first of all, how many times have I done that? I think uh, – I, I think this is the first time I've picked the Falcons over the Panthers in eight years of my podcast. Yeah. Like oh, eight, on the podcast? Yeah. And maybe even How did on the uh, fans handle that when you did that? No, we're like yeah, we're in a bad place right now. Yeah. I mean, I, now there is a there is always this kind of chance that the Panthers could go in there and win, right? I mean, there's it's any given Sunday. And I hate to do this cuz I did it I last week, Tony. Beat the Giants last week. But if you win, like you're four and four, but we keep saying that. Like last week, I said, "Well, if you win, you got a winning record." Yeah. Like yeah. I, I hate to keep saying it. I am but. not picking the Panthers a- again until, until they, they win. Me a re- yeah, until they win, until they give me more of a reason to think that they can win. All so. right, we are. Bu- oh, by the way, I should say we've gotten into the pick portion. Uh, Tony Dunn has made a huge jump these last few weeks. Unlike the Panthers, uh, you are winning, Tony. Nine and three last week. Glenn went eight and four. I was a terrible six and six. I keep picking the Chiefs. They stink. Crazy, huh? What, what's Jackson Mahomes' brother's name? The quarterback? That is it. Patrick? Jack. Oh, you're reversing. Yeah. I like it. I you know, it in reverse. You know, it's a, there's so fickle fans and the media from week to week, but now people are like, oh, well, maybe Patrick Mahomes isn't as good as I, we thought. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's not ready brother. to go there. It's the I'm brother. Not, 
Uh, yeah, he's got to like divorce him from what's it called when like, you. Uh, I, I think they need an exorcism. Like they need to do, like totally expel that cat from the program. <laughs> I don't know like, how you do uh, it. What Bill Belichick did with uh, what's his name's doctor Tom Brady's doctor. Yeah, yeah you just there. get him out of the program. You're not part of this situation anymore. <laughs> so on the year, Tony and Glenn have 67 wins now to 32 losses. That's Glenn slash Chandler. I am 66 and 33, so I'm playing from behind. I will take the Falcons at home on Sunday against Carolina, as will Tony. How about you, Glenn? Same. Mike wow. Davis revenge game. Ah. Should I throw him in the Looking lineup? Looking for a uh, big pits and CPAT day. You know, but I mean, a lot of things, you know, if somebody told me last week that we have 40% Hold of on. our starting roster out. How crazy night. is it in 2021 that... Uh, Cordero Patterson has a nickname. Like he's calling him CPAT over there. Uh, he's definitely CPAT. Like he is a relevant player. A like, guy definitely on, relevant. Listen to this. A guy came on our podcast, Falcons guy, uh, podcaster, writer, and he said, "Finally, someone's figured out how to use Cordero Patterson." Patterson, right? I was like, "What? Like, what do you mean?" <laughs> Hey, well, he's a running back, he's it a, turns out. Yeah. I mean, kick returner, punt returner, receiver, uh, wildcat, all this time. I he's thought the Bears started to do that last year with him. Yeah. Which can, is crazy because he should be, like, working his way out of the league. He's been there so long, and they're just finding new ways to use him. He's so. kind of a I slash. I mean, they, split, him. they put I wonder, him out wide. I wonder if there are anybody in, uh, in Atlanta saying, man, we really probably use – we give too many reps to CPAT. <laughs> CPAT. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of CPAT signs in the uh, crowd. I will take the Bills to beat the Dolphins on Sunday. Same. Is Brian Flores going to get fired? Probably like four weeks after I said he's like. What about this mess? What about this mess that is surrounding the Dolphins are imploding on their own selves, and this comes from their owner. The fact that you're even going to leak out there that you have agreed to terms. Oh, we got a deal with Watson, but we don't have a deal. That's that's not a deal. It's got to make Tua feel good, right? That's like going into a car dealership. I go into Billy Weaver asking to buy a truck, and I have terrible credit and no money. And I go, uh, yeah, we struck a deal (laughs) on uh, the price, but it turns out I can't get financed. Yeah. Uh, What it really is is it's a test of waters. How big is the PR hit? But I tell you one thing. see what the reaction is. Doesn't it hurt? Uh, Oh, that's smart. That's smart. You you Um, leak it out into the water to see what uh, what, what the fish say. Or you do that to see if the Panthers will actually go through with it. What about some multiple fronts? uh, Don't we see this in coaching searches sometimes where they'll leak out a name? (laughs) <laughs> to see what like if the fans completely revolt. I feel or not. like it happens in the NBA a lot with Jason Kidd. Doesn't this push down? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Doesn't this I don't know push why. down to his stock though? Yeah, well, his stock in himself, and like his quote this week was, "I don't listen to that. Yeah. I don't. No, no, it, it, was, it was. I don't. I'm, I'm not. Not. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> not on. wanted by the Dolphins. <laughs> he did the double negative. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> like." How do you feel? Instead of saying, I feel good, he said, I don't not feel bad. <laughs> or whatever it was. She did, she did not break up with me. She did not say no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bad times in Miami. You know what? Give I'll take them. Give us two. I'll take them. All right. Good. I would take them over what we got. Yeah. Sure. Important game. I like this one. I'm going to watch this game. Steelers at Browns. How do you take the How do you take either team right here? You know, uh, is Mayfield playing, and how much does that matter to you? I think he might not be coming back this week, but the following week. Hey, they won without him against the Broncos. With who? 
Case Keenum or yeah. something. The Steelers stink. Who Thank is you. the Browns running back? Because Dearness Johnson. And what's that? What happened to all the other running backs? Are they all hurt? Chubb and what do you think? They just like Hunt. missed the flight. I, I that's what I mean. I, how did <laughs> all of them get hurt? <laughs> I don't know. They ran into each other in practice. <laughs> uh, injury report ankles. No, I mean, they go into the uh season with the best backfield tandem, right? With Chubb and Hunt, and then you're like, well, at least we'll have one every week, and they both go out, and then your replacement has a hundred yards and a great game. Uh, I'll take the Browns at home. Don't know about the quarterback, but I'll do it anyway. I don't know why I'm going to take the Browns, but I am going to take them Browns. I'm just going to take them because I think that Ben's just that old. Yeah, I agree. Don't like the Steelers on the road. Yeah. And the fact that Mark Ingram, the oldest, the second oldest running back in the league, is like, I need to get out of here. He's trying to get on a younger team. <laughs> he uh, reunites back with uh, Kamara there in New Orleans. Oh, you yeah. think so? He did. Oh, they did it happen? Yeah. Today? Mark Ingram got traded yesterday, yesterday. two oh, days ago. I, th- I just heard that he got... I'm, oh, I pulled a Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard that he was requesting a trade. Nah, he's out. Oh. He's in it New Orleans with Jameson. Back in, uh, back in New Orleans. All right, uh, Bengals at Jets. How about the Bengals last week putting it on the Ravens? <sighs> Told you this could be one. You want to talk about... Do you remember we talked about this game a lot last week because yeah. of the home field crowd, but how the sure. Bengals are turning into a, a pretty good team, and that's why I'm taking the Bengals right now because the Jets and Joe Flacco are not enough. And how has Joe Flacco got a job, but Cam Newton doesn't? Yeah. Like Cam's just Both former MVPs. I, I said it earlier in the week. Like, I just say that Joe Flacco's easier to get along with than Cam Newton is. Or they're just playing for the number two pick anyway. Yeah. It really don't matter. Cam might actually win them a game by accident. Yeah, you don't want to be good. I'm a I'm a I'm a fence rider at times, and this is definitely both sides, but like I think Cam is kind of toast at this point. But it is disgusting to see the terrible quarterback play across the league. Where he ain't more say, toast than Joe Flacco. Right. I mean, there's. it's like, how do you burn? Do you like your toast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they put those out on social media. You Are you it. a one, two, three, four, five? How bad like, do you like your football? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Bengals. <laughs> I'll take the Bengals. Tony will take the Bengals. You want to talk about a guy that looks great in retrospect. Joe Burrow. Wow. Came out of that LSU situation. And was he the guy that held it all together? I mean, they have sucked without him. At, I mean, Brady, Joe Brady had a great rep coming he out of that. Without he him. sucked without him. He sucked without him. Coach O's gone. Wow. Who knew one what guy? About, and then could Jamar run a Chase tried to fool everybody in the offseason by not like catching balls. anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah balls I, are I weird. can't see the white. And all of a sudden, he, uh, now he's like now the he's a monster. top receiver in the league. Yeah. I assume you're taking the Bengals, Glenn? Yeah. All right. Uh, big game in the AFC South. I'm all on the Titans, man. Heavy. I am on the Colts. I love this. The Titans beat the Bills and Chiefs back-to-back. They're due for a letdown. Colts coming off a nice win. I'm going to say they win at home. No way. All right. Titans are like surging to they're rolling. And, uh, yeah, and to a point where they're getting so hot that they could be one of the best teams in the AFC. You almost said it right, Tony. They're getting so hot that they're about to overheat. Ooh. And that's why I like the Colts. And become burnt toast. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking old ankle boy Carson Wentz. <laughs> Ankles McGee. <laughs> he always about. You remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too? 
Yes. Of course I do. Uh, Togo and Ra- Togo and Rezar. Yeah, he looks like the. He dog looks like with- Rezar. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, dude. I and Toga's, uh, Toga's the uh, the t- Razar t- is the turtle. Oh, then the other one, Toga. He looks like Toga. I didn't like. I don't like how they just went away from Bebop and Rocksteady. Like it was a rights issue. Oh, yeah. I don't like. So that. like the the cartoon had different creative rights than what the movie had. I was a big. Uh, I was a turtle freak, but I was a big uh, Casey Jones fan too. Of oh, course. son, the coolest guy. Yeah, he was awesome. He was like Jason, but a good guy. Like, he, you know, with the hockey mask and the weapons that you had laying around the house. Tony, I know you're not a wrestling guy, but a um, little wrestling trivia. We did this one. Did you know? Carson Wentz on the right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I see it. Did you know that Kevin Nash, have uh, you recognized him from wrestling at all? He oh, yeah. played Super Shredder. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Really? Yeah, man. Where was that uh, filmed at, Tony? Uh, Wilmington. Yep. Nice. We're like piling uh, on questions. Up You're until in a hot seat all of a sudden. I don't know what the state of it is currently. I believe it's pretty derelict. But there was a time where you could go and visit the actual New York City set. Oh the wow! The back lot in Wilmington where you could see where they filmed Turtles nice. and the Crow. We're all trying go to ninja, like, go ninja, go ninja. We're all yes. trying to out turtle each other. Who's the biggest fan? Everybody's coming up with their own. Uh, I think we were all in Minji's. <laughs> oh, I definitely was. I definitely was for sure. I was not there, but I have a signed, uh, like an autograph of like from Donatello or something. I think I went with uh, Taylor McLaughlin or either nice. Chad. Uh, this was Moore, a perfect time. And uh, to be honest, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 like holds up, bro. Like all day, oh, yeah. every day. And so just because it's got a, a little bit of seriousness in there. Yeah. And that helps it hold up. The one thing I think about when immediately, and I just did when you brought it up, was damn <laughs> Raphael cursing that yes. really it uh, was a big break the wall moment like as a kids. kid i right. was like whoa these turtles say bad words <laughs> but like we didn't really know about the comics <coughs> i don't think because the comics were so underground so are they darker than the cartoon? very dark very because the cartoon was very light obviously yeah it, the cartoon the, the source material was pretty pretty uh, dark all right a lot of turtle talk we need to take a time out when we return we'll make the rest of the picks and have more for you on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Jersey Mike's is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Order in store or online through the Jersey Mike's app. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, wrapping up hour two. We got to go into speed mode here with Tony Dunn, the big dog, Glenn Griffin. All right. Uh, how about the lines last week opening up? If we run over time a little bit, that'd be fine. Uh, they open up with a touchdown against the Rams, onside kick field goal they're up 10 nothing before the rams can touch the ball of course they lose the game 
but they're still fighting and biting for Dan Campbell. Is this the week, Tony Dunn, they get their win against the Philadelphia Eagles? I felt like last week I said that I've been burned by them. I won't pick them again. The Eagles, though, have played guys tough, too. They've yeah. played a lot of tough teams well. Uh, but, yeah, I'm picking the Lions this week. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but they have been in all of these games. They're not – I don't feel like they're an 0-17 team. They yeah. got to win one. Um, the Eagles fans want them to lose, by the way. I saw something on Twitter. Why? Uh, that if they lost to the Lions and this other team loses, they'll be on schedule to have the first and third overall picks of the draft. Wow. So they got an extra pick. I uh, can't remember where the trade, who the trade was, but uh, they are uh, wanting to go in tank mode here. And I'll continue to say Jalen Hurts is the worst real quarterback to best fantasy quarterback ratio I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Love the He's guy. He's like the Blake Bortles. Yeah. Uh, garbage time. Except he does his with the uh, the running yards, the rushing yards. Um, I can't I can't pick the lines again. I'll take the Eagles on the road. Glenn, who do you got? Lines. Okay. 49ers at Bears. Another one that could go either way here. I like the Bears here. I kind of do too. I'm going to take the Bears at home. Niners. All right. Rams the Texans will all take the uh poor poor David Cully will take the Rams here, right? Correcto. Uh my pen is about out of ink. Jaguars and Seahawks. We were talking about this one before, uh, Tony. When I first looked down, I was like, this is not a guaranteed game. I looked at the line, it's around three and a half. So Vegas is expecting a close game. I'm not taking the Jags on the road. I'll take the Seahawks. I am taking the Jaguars on the road. Wow. Coming off a bye. Maybe. Seahawks at home. Russell Wilson drove everything about that team. So, sure. Urban Meyer, they won their game. Did they win in uh, London? Or did they win? No, uh, I think it was against Miami, right? That they won? The Jags? The yeah. Jags won that? in London against um, the Jets. Okay. No. No? That was the team you were talking about earlier. I think the they Falcons. beat Miami. But they definitely won in London because... They won in London versus the Dolphins. Yes. Okay. So it was in London. There's like a triumvirate of teams that have played out there, and it's very confusing. So is it better that, once again, they get out of town? <coughs> urban Meyer? You had a good urban theory that like it's better he when he's to get away out, from it all. Away from it, yeah. Seattle's about the furthest you can go. London. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about you <laughs> it's States. about the furthest away you go. He didn't say, I mean, he could have said, he's like, gonna try to, he's going to try man. to pick up a game in Mexico City. Yeah. <laughs> Can we playing. get into that one next year? Can we play in Alaska? Toronto. All right. You're taking the Seahawks. Uh, Patriots and Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. My well, favorite coach in the league, Brendan. I think it's going to be closer than his name. He's great at press conferences. Oh, too. man. He's wonderful. Like, I just want him to commentate life. What'd you say? I think it's going to be closer than y'all think. No, I think I agree. I, I, this is not an easy pick here. Who are you um, taking? But I take the Chargers. Yeah. I, I could see a close game here. Is Mac Jones all that? Everybody said he's playing out of his mind right now. I keep, I have like buried and un and dug up the Patriots a few times already this yeah. year. I don't know what to believe about them right now. Guess what? We'll watch this game and try to figure it out. Bucks at Saints. I am going to take the Saints at home. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm not. Jameis revenge game. Dude, they barely beat the Seahawks. Tony, with no quarterback. You no, know you can't do that in the NFL. 
What? You can't do the like when this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't put logic to football. Who did the, uh, the Bucks play? Week one. Um, they played the Saints. No, the Saint. No. Yeah, the Saints played the Packers week one, and that was, that, okay. that that was, was the weird blowout loss. Yeah, for that the was the blowout, and then I I said, well, the Saints are going to come back down to earth. Like they they like to go up and down. Um, I'm taking the Saints home. Who you got? I'll take the Bucks. The Bucks are unstoppable right now. Okay. Uh, the football team at the Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> I'm taking the football team. Why? Brave man. Oh, because you don't like Teddy. Why would you take? I mean, what what about the Broncos that, that tells you you should be taking anything? Von Miller got hurt his knee last week. Now he might be able to play, but still, what else is good about that team? I don't know. I'll take the Broncos. I just say the home team if it's kind of a toss up. They're on a four game losing streak. Yeah, they both. Uh, so you just think suck. they're due? Yeah, a home well, game against a not great stinks. team. Washington going out west. I like this uh, Cowboys Vikings game. But yeah. Kirk Cousins stinks in primetime, so I'll take the Kind of feels like the game of the weekend. No, no. I'm taking the Vikings because Dak is hurt. Game of the weekend is um, – that could be this. I like Titans-Colts, though. I think that will be a good game. Yeah. Who are you taking? Uh, the Vikings. Okay. Are you banking on Dak not playing? Yes. Okay. Same. Vikings? Yep. Wow. All right. And the Vikings turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, I don't think Dak's playing. I don't think the Vikings are, pl- are kind of peaking. Yep, I like all that. Who's the uh, Who's the Cowboys' backup? Uh, oh, it's uh, our former quarterback. It's like uh, whoever we got. Uh, Garrett Gilbert. I thought they Cooper got. Didn't, I thought they got Will Greer at one point. He must be like on their practice squad or something. I need to uh, find uh, prep. They're prepping Cooper Rush. Whoever that is. So, uh, anyway. Giants and Chiefs, Monday Night Football. Here we go again. I'm going to pick the stupid Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs. Is Mahomes playing? Why wouldn't he be? Didn't he get hurt in the last game or something? Oh, the light. Yeah, the end. Right? Somebody, you got the computer. (laughs) Google it up. (laughs) No, yeah, you're right. Um, But I haven't heard he's not playing, so I'll take the Chiefs. Would you not... If the Chiefs, who's their backup quarterback? We're doing a lot of Googling today. Sorry, folks. I don't know these backup quarterbacks. Um, If the Chiefs have a backup in, is it really Chase Daniel? Chad Henney? Who? Chad Henney, I think sounds right. Chad Henney? If he plays, would you take the Chiefs or the Giants? Uh, You know what? I kind of like the Giants. You're crazy. Are you going to take the Giants? Uh, can I do a if then? Yes. Uh, my it, my yeah. if then is no Mahomes. Okay. Giants I'll, on the road. I'll put if beside it. Uh, Glenn, who you got? Man. Maybe they need Mahomes out so they can win games. Maybe. If, Maybe they'll if, start his if, brother. If, that was if a Pat joke. Ma- was a if joke. Pat Mahomes goes home, then Jackson goes home too, and the curse is lifted. Ah, good point. The Chiefs are back, baby. No TikToking if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play. I mean, if it was anybody but the Giants or the Panthers, I'd probably pick the other team, but I would take the Chiefs, uh, mostly because I'm looking at a video right here on Barstool currently. It's posted five hours ago that says Pat Mahomes back in, at practice. Pat Mahomes in hell 
It's Pat Mahomes sitting at like an Applebee's. Oh yeah, I saw with that. his wife and Jackson, and Jackson and his wife are doing TikTok dances. And Mahomes is at the table, like depressed, eating chips. Yeah, out of the basket, sad, Bye. losing quarterback, eating salsa. I, I'm glad I don't know enough about all of this <laughs> for it to be as depressing as. That uh, I mean, I just I don't, Aaron Rodgers is not depressed at the Applebee's. You remember when Aaron we thought Rogers he was depressed? Is never at an Applebee's, bro. No, no, he might be crushing that Green Bay Applebee's. That might be all they have up there. I bet Chad Henney has an annoying brother too. You just don't know about him. Dad Henney. <laughs> bad Henney. Dad. He's got a T-H-A-D. bad brother. Dad Henney goes around pulling pranks on people. All right, Tony Dunn, Panthers post game coming up. Um, yes, Panthers post game show. Also, right now there's a we just put the Madden simulation up for this week. We had a guest commentator. Both of these guys have radio voices and could be better like play-by-play a, a play and color commentators than Mick Mixon and his whatever he does each and every week. Um, also, we've got uh, a bunch of the beat check was coming out this week. We got a lot of things. And the last thing, funniest thing I saw on the internet recently was a meme after last night that said that AJ Green retired in mid-route. That was weird. Uh, I saw also that the um, his con- the controller broke. <laughs> 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 That I, mean, I guess was he run block. I never saw like post game quotes. Was he like run blocking or if you missed it? I don't think he can be run blocking like that. I love that the Cardinals are taking a shot there instead of just selling for an overtime for field goal. I know. I mean, and, they're trying to win. They're and winning got a one on one matchup with AJ Green, who is kind of reinvigorated his he career. just had to turn around <laughs> all he had to, it wasn't even a great play by rasul douglas who i like i like rasul douglas but uh, you know if rasul douglas drops that the game they probably arizona's has another chance and wins probably so yeah. did you see the bit about where d hop checked himself back into the game deandre hopkins like he was out injured on the sideline and he just checked himself back in <laughs> and just told somebody to yeah. leave the game yeah and so they asked the coach about it they asked uh and he said, you're not not right. <laughs> right. That's what, he was, what it was. He was like, yeah, man, he just um, he just went on the field and took himself back in the game. I did not not tell him. I know. All right. Thank you, Tony. All right, man. Have we'll a see great you next weekend. Week. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back when we return. The voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, Morgan Ayler's, joins us on a football Friday and a free beer Friday. Still got to give that away. We'll do that in hour three of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you've got damage from wood rot, smoke, fire, or water, consider it fixed. If you've got damage, use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company. Visit FixedNC.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. Fixed NC, restore, renew, maintain. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All righty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Earlier this week, we talked to the Hammer, Jason Hamilton, ECU women's soccer coach. 
they knew they would be in the american athletic conference tournament they just didn't know their opponent or destination now they do east carolina will be playing number 14 smu coming up on sunday at two o'clock in dallas it'll be on espn plus so you can watch it coming up two o'clock sunday and all they got to do is beat a ranked team for the second straight game they did it uh last sunday against the memphis tigers now they uh, will try to do it against smu and advance to the semifinals uh in the aac tournament so good luck to jason hamilton who also said the pirates were on a bubble on the bubble to get an at-large bid into the ncaa tournament if they beat number 14 in the nation that would go a long way in potentially getting them in the ncaa tournament as an at-large so uh, an important game coming up on Sunday, ECU Women's Soccer in Action, 2 o'clock ESPN+. Plus. Let's head out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to the voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. He'll also be on the airwaves coming up less than an hour from now on the High School Huddle. He is the host of that program. He is Morgan Ehlers joining us on a Victory Friday. Morgan, how you doing? I am doing pretty daggone good, Clip. How are you doing? hey feels great to walk into the studio on friday and be able to talk about a pirate victory uh heard you loud and clear last night when i would step outside the pirate radio studios your voice was booming last night morgan and uh what a win for the pirates what a second half to come out uh set the tone with a nice kickoff return by sneed and then the pirates go on uh maybe their best drive of the night that ends with a holt nailers touchdown pass to audio matosho and kind of setting the the tone there morgan for what was uh, going to be a dominant pirate second half last night yeah you know i thought they they played pretty well uh the whole game i mean i know there was the one series right before halftime on the fourth down play that they got stuffed a little bit but Watching that this morning, really had a chance to, to look at it. I uh, got to give kudos to South Florida on that play. They had, I think, just about everybody but one person in the box, and uh, they jumped the snap and made a good play on it. And, you know, unfortunately for the Pirates, they didn't get in. But, they, like you said, they took it out right in the beginning of the second half and marched it down the field and scored and uh, really, really uh, dominated, I thought, in the second half. And and so great to see last night. We were kind of talking about it heading into the game. There's been a lot of defensive heroes for East Carolina, new get new names popping up every night. But, man, it, it was spread around on the offensive side last night. And I know a quarterback enjoys uh, when he can go to different targets so they can get it done in the run game. You had a 100-yard night for Rajay Harris. He scored. Keaton Mitchell found the end zone on a 25-yard run. We got C.J. Johnson going on the outside, 84 yards, 54, and a touchdown from Umbatosho. Four catches for Snead. Jones had a couple. Uh, the, the Pirates were sharing the love on the offensive side of the ball, and that's when it, uh, it really gets cooking, Morgan. Yeah, it is, and I think, you know, you've heard it from Coach Houston talking about the run game and the pass game sort of mixing uh, and meshing together. And last night with the weather factor, uh, you knew you were going to have to run the football and be able to. And Central Florida, they are not; they don't have that defensive front that we faced against uh, Central Florida and uh, uh, Houston, but they still, they're not bad. I mean, they've got a couple big guys in there that were able to, to block the holes, but I thought the line did a really good job last night blocking. Uh, setting up some of those little short passes and the quick passes. And once you start doing that defensively, that, that forces your opponent to really adjust to what they're doing. And 
Uh, I thought they tried to, to stop the short passing game, and then the run game opened up. So very complimentary last night. Yeah, good to see him take some shots downfield. Good to see Holden Aylers using his legs last night. 78 yards on the ground, Morgan. Some of that was decision-making uh, in a pass play. Some of that was design run calls where he looked good running the football. Also took some shots. We'll catch up with Holden Aylers and some players on Monday. But did you uh, have breakfast or talk to the quarterback? How's he feeling health-wise after – Taking some hits last night. Uh, I talked to him this morning, and he was tired, a little sore, but it's a good sore. <laughs> you know, it's not the kind of sore that you had last week after Houston or the Central Florida game, that's for sure. But uh, my favorite play of the game was the, toward the end of the game. Raji Harris was uh, going out and uh, bounced out to the left side, and Holt goes down and throws a block. I mean, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's instincts taking over you're not going to see a lot of quarterbacks doing that then again you don't see a lot of quarterbacks as big as holding nailers that can throw a block so yeah he's, but i said man you you do that you're setting yourself up for retaliation somewhere down the line good point good point uh big one next week more uh, you keep stacking these wins they get bigger and now the pirates four and four will try to get to five and four against the temple owls looking ahead you still got memphis navy cincinnati to wrap up the season six wins a bowl game is the goal and uh very attainable for ecu right now you know it's funny because i, t- I was talking to holton last week after the houston game and i said but i said you guys keep playing the way you're playing right now and things start gelling a little bit more you've the last two or three years you've been a better second half of the season team and uh, I, th- I said there's nobody that you can't beat on the schedule I think you'll go out and you'll run it and when Cincinnati comes to town let's hope Georgia loses a game somewhere in between Cincinnati comes to town number one and we knock them off well how fitting would that be on uh, the day after Thanksgiving that would not be a, uh, a bad Friday at all if that were to take place Morgan uh you got some headlines last night. You were on national TV reading ads. Did uh, ESPN or Disney or anybody get pay you money for that? Did you get like a free month of ESPN Plus or anything? Uh, no. It's funny about that because I didn't even know. I mean, Tom had said they were going to do something, which, you know, I'm Chancellor Palpatine. I, I try to, you know, control everything. Well, that was out of right. control last night. Oh, wow. You were not pulling the strings on that one. I was not pulling the strings on that one. I said, okay, I'm. I've never been a big fan of that, but it is a story. And they, you know, yeah. you know, being in the media, if you're doing a game, a national game, you've got to find all the stories you can in case you have to fill time. And so they did that. So they came in, they were filming. And then and I think they play, they were just starting the play again. I'm not 100% sure. Then the guy that's doing the filming says, Here, can you read this? Well, it's different if you're sitting there, you pre read a script and you try to read it. Well, it's live. Yeah. And my brain's going like, Dude, you're asking me to read something. Number one, it's very small font. <laughs> I wear glasses. You're reading it off a phone, right? Yes, I was yeah. reading it off a telephone. And I'm going like, the first time I've ever read it, and said, dude, you're on national TV, ESPN, you're going to screw this up. That's the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> but I think I got it okay. Oh, you nailed it. You're a true pro, Morgan. Uh, and, and how about the uh, the student turnout last night, Morgan? Uh, ECU Marketing, Eric Ward, and, and the folks did a great job. The weather did not... Uh, participate in that as uh, threw a little monkey wrench into things. But students showed out, uh, especially there early in the game in the first half. And it certainly created atmosphere on TV. I'll say that. The living on a prayer sounded really loud, the singing of that. And when the Pirates made a big play, there was some crowd pop. So I know it wasn't the biggest crowd uh, we've ever seen in Dottie Ficklin, but it was an energetic one. It really was. And kudos to Eric and his staff over there. They do such a great job. And the, 
the blackout was really marketed well. And I think they, they had to have had a pregame concert. I think I saw a picture of Blake Harrell tweeted out uh, on the tennis courts beside Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum. They must have had a concert, whether it was a DJ. I was sitting waiting for the, the pirate walk. They, they finished up the pirate walk in the main entrance to, to Ward. Uh, and I kept hearing this bass sound and the thumping and the bass and the music, and you could only hear it through the backside of the building. But I'm, going, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know who's over there playing music, but they've got to have a tremendous sound system. And uh, I saw a picture, and it was, and it was probably uh, Pete Benson and his guys probably put it on out of Havelock. And it's just like if a, a band is doing a concert because it was, it was jamming, and they had all the students on the tennis courts, and it was just a big party before the game. They did a great job. That was awesome. We got a great kickoff time next week at three o'clock. So hopefully we'll see a, a bigger crowd because people want to come out and see this uh, team trying to get back to a winning record. And the way this defense is flying around right now, that it's fun to watch live when you can get loud when your guys are on the defensive side of the ball. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, uh, wow, we are at the last week of the regular season, a high school football. What games uh, should we keep an eye on this Friday evening? Well, you've got the big game. It's our Pirate Radio Game of the Week. It's South Central at D.H. Conley. That's going to be a big one. You've got J.H. Rose at Havelock. That's going to be a big one when it comes down to the seeding of the playoffs. Uh, you've got some really good games going on with, with Washington. Farmville Central plays North Pitt. That's a, always a good matchup. And, you know, those are the kind of games that, that, from a fan standpoint that you want to go out and watch. And number two, there's some teams that haven't had quite the year that they've they've normally had. Washington uh, at Aiden Griffin, going to be senior night. Of course, Todd Light uh, has been battling the COVID bug, and with his team in and out basically all year long, it's the first time they've played in almost two and a half weeks, and it's their senior night. You know, these guys might not be in the playoffs, but it's still a big game for, for these seniors going out, and uh, it's always exciting to, to see them walk across the field, a lot of memories. And, uh, you know, it's going to be – uh, some really good football, and then uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be uh, talking playoff football on our next week's edition as it, as it kicks off that extra week of playoffs. Uh, Will Conley make it? And they've got to have a strong showing tonight against South Central to have a chance to make the playoffs even with their record. You know, this is when you go back now with the RPI, and we'll talk with Brian North a little bit about this. Is that uh, how the how the playoff seating is is formulated? Uh, now you got to actually wonder, okay. Well, I'm looking at my opponent's record. I'm looking at our record. Hmm. There's a lot of math factors and that kind of thing. And uh, next year, will some of these teams play that tough early season schedule? Or do they just want to go out there and get wins? That's going to be interesting to see coming up next season. Yeah, that is a, a new wrinkle. Brian North loves to talk and at times criticize uh, the postseason, although I think he likes the, the format they've gone to. Uh, at this point, it's going to be a little bit different. And uh, that'll be discussed coming up at 6 o'clock on the High School Huddle with Morgan Aylers. Morgan, great time to be a sports fan. You've got, of course, the Pirates winning last night. My Braves playing Game 3 tonight in Atlanta in the World Series against the Astros. The Hornets off to a good start. They got the heat tonight. The Hurricanes are undefeated. They play tonight. Uh, you got pro football, college football. Everything's happening, Morgan Aylers. It's a great time to be a sports fan. It, it's re it really is. I mean, when you look at what you can watch on television right now, this is the time of year that if you're a sports fan, boy, you just you're almost like a kid in a candy store. You can a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and flip the channel and you know keep an eye on everything. Or in your case, in the in the Clip Bark Man Cave, you've got those 12 60 inch televisions that you got up on the wall and can watch 
pretty much anything at any time, including uh, cross-country kickball from Europe. So. Wow, I just realized somebody stole 11 of my TVs. I'm down to one, Morgan. <laughs> and a laptop. So, yeah, that's my man cave. And a, and a phone. And a phone. I can go three deep. And next Sunday, Morgan Aylers, the two-hour premiere of Yellowstone. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't. I, uh, uh, I'm going to get ripped. <laughs> get ripped uh i think i've asked you this before have you ever watched uh did you ever watch justified morgan i have not and that's on my list yeah i've been watching uh some of the other ones but i have not watched justified i heard it was pretty good yeah i recommend that one to you but yeah we'll uh we'll start our yellowstone weekly uh check-ins coming up soon too morgan we're gonna do a podcast we talked about doing a podcast with boots and uh cowboy hats and you said you were gonna wear your ashless chap that's right yeah uh, Getting ripped with Clip and Morgan. Hey, we can do that. <laughs> All right. Something to think about. Morgan, uh, we'll hear from you coming up at 6. And uh, have a great weekend, man. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, bud. Morgan Aylers joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. He's pumped up after a Pirate victory on Thursday night. And we'll be talking about some great high school football action coming up at 6 on the High School Huddle. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back when we return. We will talk some golf, college football, and more with Greeny, Mark Greenheld from the Golf Shop Radio Show. And uh, we also have to make you a winner. We'll do our free beer Friday Bud Light Seltzer Fall Flannel Pack giveaway at the end of next segment as well. So a lot more to go here in Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town. Along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We will not be with you on Saturday. We were with you all day yesterday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Coming up at 6, you can hear the high school huddle. Coming up Saturday at 8 a.m., we will have a program for you. It's the Golf Shop Radio Show with your host mark greenhelds let's talk some golf and some college football now with greeny as he joins us on the fixed nc live line mark how you doing on this friday i'm doing great how you doing clip hey doing fantastic and uh we're not gonna find harold varner the third uh, on the leaderboard because i was kind of surprised greeny after last night's ecu victory over south florida uh, the football team official account on social media started putting out pictures and videos, and uh, HV3 was leading the cheers in the post-game locker room after the win over South Florida. So, I guess he's uh, taking a weekend off and uh, was able to watch his Pirates win last night at Dottie Ficklin Stadium. Yeah, nice win. Always always great to have some alumni uh, cheering your, your team on, and uh, that's good stuff. And Man, I tell you what, not only is HV3 not playing, but they struggled to get a full field, and they did not. 
because uh, I think there were a whole bunch of restrictions and people withdrawing, and the, they went through their alternate list, and huh. they ended up with 126 players. So, uh, you know, they got a good field, but just not a full field. So uh, interesting. And, and then they ran into having to stop play yesterday because of high winds. I mean, the winds were in excess of 40 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, and guys are saying it's the hardest round of golf that they've ever played. So uh, interesting things going on in Bermuda. Ah, uh, yeah, the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. More on that in a moment. But you mentioned not putting together a, a full field for different reasons, Greeny, and that reminds me of a, a tweet I saw from Harold Varner III this week. Somebody said something to the effect of, hey, PGA, just have an off season for the guys. Um, and, and Harold Varner III quote tweeted and said, preach. But from what I understand, Greeny, I mean, you these golfers kind of pick and choose when they play. And if you got a lot of money, maybe you can afford to sit out a few. If you don't, you're going to try to play all you can, I imagine, right? So what do you what do you think about that, the PGA Tour being more like other sports and having a traditional offseason? Well, I mean, these guys are independent contractors, and it's not like that they have a set, you know, 82 or 162 or 16 or 17 game season. So, I mean, um, they, they do get to pick and choose their events. Obviously, guys that, uh, you know, are, are at the top in the, in the top 50 in the world rankings, they can pretty much play anytime they want. Um, you know, if you're down around 200 in the world rankings, you play in what you can get into. So, uh, it, it is a little different sport from that standpoint. Um, you know, obviously you're not part of a team, so you're not uh, participating when the rest of the team's participating. So, but I guess you could say that, you know, coming up, they do have a little bit of a break. They, they finish with, uh, the Houston open and the RSM classic, uh, finishes up on November 21st. Then there's the hero world challenge, which is only in a 30 player field. So, um, you know, that was the tigers event this year. It's in Albany down in the Bahamas, and, and and then you have the, the QBE shootout, which, which used to be Greg Norman's shark shootout. So, I mean, really, the month of December is a break, and guys are probably maybe playing once in November because there's a, uh, a worldwide technology championship at Mayakoba. you got Houston, you got RSM. Uh, so, you know, maybe play one. If not, I mean, most guys maybe don't even play November and December, So and then they won't kick it back off till either the tournament of champions or a lot of guys even wait till it comes back onto the mainland at uh, the American express or the farmers out in California. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's kind of a, a make your own schedule, choose your own adventure uh, type of deal for these golfers. Uh, Greeny, you mentioned tiger there. Uh, and, and man, after the wreck, it kind of went from, is he going to survive to, will he be able to walk to, you know, will he be able to, live a, a healthy remainder of his life and now I, I, there's, I guess there's been pictures of him out on golf courses so uh, is the, the return of Tiger Woods now a, a possibility and something you think we could see happen at some point in the future I've always felt like that uh, even you know that Tiger was going to try and go out on his terms even with the back I mean he was going to always try and, and do that once we solved the, the back issues we were kind of getting intermittent Tiger I mean it, if things worked out he played and he played well if they didn't he he kind of struggled um, you know this this car accident uh, I felt like the only benefit that he had coming out of this accident is that the majority of the damage to the legs was to the right leg um, you know, certainly you want the use of both legs, a hundred percent in your golf swing, but if you're going to have one, that's going to be a little bit, uh, let's say damaged, you would want it to be the right over the left. Cause you're kind of posting up as a right-handed golfer on that left leg. 
And uh, he's always had that snap of the left knee um, to help generate his speed. So from that standpoint, that's the only uh, good news coming out of that wreck was that it was more right leg damage than left leg damage. So I don't know. I mean, the question is, you know, is he end up going to end up taking all of 22 off to, to rehab and rebuild and, and get things going? Um, you know, I would think that uh, you might see him as a um, as a vice captain for the President's Cup team here in Charlotte. Hmm. Um, you know, later in the year. But the question is, where do you see him before that? Does, does he make an appearance at the Masters? Um, you know, does he make an appearance maybe at uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill? Um, where do we see him actually, you know... When you say appearance, do you mean showing up or playing, Greeny? No, I, I, I mean just showing up and maybe coming on camera, getting gotcha. up into the booth at, at the 18th Tower. You know, I don't know. I mean, until you actually see... Him hitting golf shots, you yeah. question, you know, when there's a comeback and and, and when that's possible. So um, that remains to be seen. Mark Greenhouse, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Greeny saw this headline, wanted to get your take on it. Uh, the Shark, uh, his name in the headlines, he is uh, set to join the competing tour that could begin in the spring of 2022. Uh, Greg Norman uh, will... Uh, announced his association with LIV Golf Investments. Uh, this is the deal with the, um, the let's see, the Public Investment Fund, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Saudi Arabia. This is that, yeah. I guess, competing uh, golf tour that we may see go against the PGA Tour. Uh, well, what's your, your take on this, Greeny, to see Greg Norman's name involved? Well, you know, we go back... Uh, what, 30-something years ago when Greg Norman was the one that was trying to create a world tour that got smacked down pretty quick. Hmm. Uh, for me, for me, it's funny. Greg, Greg Norman has nothing to do with golf until Greg Norman can make money. Uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg Norman, when Fox uh, took over the USGA championships, if you remember, they put Greg Norman into the boot, right? Well, up until two weeks before that, that first U.S. Open, for years we hadn't heard anything out of Greg Norman about golf. You know, because Greg Norman, honestly, I mean, you can't argue. He's a good businessman. He's, he's got wineries. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. But he didn't really care that much about golf when he, once he stopped playing it. And then suddenly he gets pulled in by Fox to be an analyst. And then next thing you know, he's talking about golf. Well, when they, you know, when Fox basically bailed on golf and gave it back to NBC, Greg Norman disappeared again. And we haven't honestly heard Greg Norman until now. He's been named the commissioner of this new league. So it's just, it's an oddity to me. I guess they're, you know, obviously they're trying to use Greg Norman's name, but, you know, I don't really know if I see it going anywhere. I mean, the PGA Tour has kind of said, hey, you know, you're either a member of our tour and you're playing in our events or you're not. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they're going to stand pat with that. I mean, they put some money into the European Tour. They've they've made some inroads in some of these other tours. And, and part of the article I saw is that maybe this new tour um, kind of piggybacks on with some kind of uh, the Asian tour that really is is out there doing decent, but doesn't really have any ties to anything else. So, you know, it remains to be seen what they're going to try and do and how they're going to do it when their events are going to be and if they're going to try and make it so that guys can come play. But I think this is going to be a battle. And unfortunately for Greg Norman in this tour, the PGA Tour has a lot of money to put up to make people stay on their tour. Does he still have the clothing line, Greeny? I don't see as many squiggly line shark uh, clothes and hats and visors like I did in the uh, the 90s. 
It, it's still out there, um, <laughs> you know, and it's it's a brand. I mean, it's just like I said, he, he's not the face of it. You don't see advertising for it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you would see it in like a Belk store or something like that. So it's still out there. It's just not a very, uh, I wouldn't even consider it maybe even a top 10 brand, probably even a top 20 brand at this point. Right. Talking to Mark Greenhouse Greeny on the Fixed and See Live line. Uh, Greeny, anything we need to know uh, you're keeping an eye on in the Butterfield Bermuda Championship this weekend? Uh, just the wind, man. When we uh, we, we did a check-in um, earlier this week with, uh, with the um, – the people over at the Port Royal golf course and, uh, they, they knew the wind was going to be bad. Um, and I think it's going to come back up for the weekend. So that's the thing. I mean, they can get 30, 40 mile an hour sustained winds there on a normal basis. So that's going to be the fun thing. I mean, for me, it would be kind of fun to watch if on a Sunday afternoon, you have like 20 guys that are within a couple shots of the lead. And the next thing you know, it's blowing 30 or 40 miles an hour yeah. and guys are trying to survive and get it in. Cause they're, I mean, there's no hiding. It's a, it's an island. It's not like uh, you know you got mountains or something like that. It's pretty much a very small island with a with a with several golf courses on it, and uh, a lot of those are right along the water. And you can see guys hitting it all over the place. So it could be fun to watch. So that's definitely what I'm looking at. But the other thing you look at too is, you know, with a with a lack of big names, Patrick Reed probably being the biggest one. There is this is an opportunity for somebody to make their living. I mean, somebody's going to win this golf tournament that may have zero exemption on the PGA tour or be hanging on by a thread. And next thing you know, they get a two year exemption and they get into this tournament and that tournament. So that's another thing to look for is, is this kind of event springboarding somebody to, you know, greater success in, in 2022 and beyond. Mark Greenell, golf shop radio show joining us. Greeny, uh, are you prepared to live in a world where Pittsburgh and wake forest run the ACC in football? No, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, I, I think I saw something the other day that uh, that Dabo at Clemson said that they have 17 scholarship players that are injured. Wow. Um, so that, you know, it, it, it's I guess it's the perfect storm, like we talked about before, between injuries, between portal transfers. Um, it's, it looks like it could be one of those years. Now, the question is, do you end up being LSU? who wins a national championship looks like garbage last year and is slightly better than garbage this year. So you don't want it to spill into two years. Right. If this is, if this is the anomaly, then that's what you hope for. But yeah, I mean, I, I've always, I think the ACC has needed other teams to step up. Now, are they ready for prime time? We'll find out. I mean, Wake Forest and Pitt, I mean, you know, they've, they've, they've done well so far, but, you know, people always picked on Clemson. Well, they can run through the ACC, but then what's going to happen when they get in, you know, when they play good teams? Well, they've beaten those good teams, too. So we need to see somebody like Pitt and Wake. Can they manage to beat those good teams as they move into potentially college football playoff or high-profile bowl games? Mark Green, Elge Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Greeny, what you got coming up uh, Saturday at 8 a.m.? Well, we'll talk about all that, college football, pro football with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. We have uh, an inductee to the PGA of America Hall of Fame, Ed Ibarguin, is going to join us, talk about uh, the things that he's done that uh, gets him into the Hall of Fame for the PGA of America. Uh, and then we're going to check in with the next event, which is the, uh, the Maya Copa. So uh, we'll, we'll check in there. And we also have the USGA that has put out some revised, updated rules for amateur golfers so we'll check in with those as well so lots of good stuff tomorrow sounds like a big show you can check it out saturday morning right here on pirate radio 8 to 10 a.m greeny great to talk with you today have a great weekend great show tomorrow and uh, we'll talk again next week thanks cliff have a good one too
All right, Mark Greenelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Check it out Saturday, 8 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio. Who will be the last winner of October? We're going to find out right now as we open up the booty bag on a Friday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. It is free beer Friday. How about a 12-pack of Bud Light Seltzer flannel? A Bud Light shirt, koozies, large two-topping pizza at Domino's. What a way to send you off into your sports weekend. If you have not won in the month of October and you are 21 or older, you are eligible to pick up the phone and dial 317-1250. Shirley, what call are we looking for? Caller 12. Caller 12 right now, 317-1250. We're back with more Pirate Radio Live on a Friday after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back and uh, taking a look at your stock market report. It uh, ended on a good note. The Dow was up 89 points at 35,819. NASDAQ was up 50 at 15,498. S&P was ahead 8 at 4,605. That is a look at your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. And congratulations to Bobby Swords, who picked up, uh, was the big uh, Free Beer Friday winner here on Pirate Radio. Clip. All right. Liquid Swords. Great album from the Jizza back in the day. Oh. The best Wu-Tang album. I agree. Uh, it's the best one. Fourth it's- Chamber. And then you had um, the one, well, Liquid Swords, the song itself, but the one with Method Man. Um, oh, yeah. Johnny Blade. What was that called? Oh, Shadow Boxing. <laughs> oh, sorry. That, I couldn't think of the name. Shadow Boxing. Shadow Boxing. Um, just ran across a tweet. I just can't every time i hear skip carey's voice it just takes me back to this like very special happy place and uh he's he's talking here after the braves won the you know in 1991 and they're interviewing him during the parade and uh, uh you must have a, a i just wanted to play it because it makes me feel good hopefully well, make- really i just wish they took the announcers and the politicians out of it and just let the players and the manager and the coaches in it because they're the guys who've done the job but it's a it's a great feeling of course for all of us and we appreciate the fans support it's been wonderful all year even when he's not calling the game <laughs> just the voice that he has talking in a car in a parade makes me uh really feel good inside well it's it's like if you talk to jeff charles yeah same off the air it's still the same like there's no that character is the character yeah his uh yeah he's got and look i was listening to jeff as a kid around that same time right right so uh and uh respect the legends while they're here with us no respect kayfabe uh <laughs> respect the biz <laughs> skip carry uh no longer with us uh the voice jeff charles i am like i i don't really fanboy out anymore just because i'm so used to talking to jeff and doing the show right beside him uh home game saturdays 
but like uh if i take a step back and think about it that's like a, it still is wild it's a big deal for me to like call a, or do a show with like one of my broadcasting heroes it's 20 really years cool. ago you tell young clip rock yeah like hey man one day you're gonna do hours of radio every week with the voice i remember so i interned here and then i graduated and would um i got to interview some announcers and i um people won't like this but i actually had lunch with woody durham he was very gracious and nice to me it's a nice person but uh jeff charles was also someone that i like talked to on the phone and uh emailed and stuff to ask for advice and uh, he actually said you need to just uh stick with the pirate radio guys and so he gave me pretty good advice actually he he did you right because here i am and then uh got to become like a uh to to work with him talk to him and stuff and one time i had his recorder because he had dropped it off and i like put it in my bag and he needed it back and this was back in my wilder uh pre-married pre-kids days oh boy so i had a, a night the night before and was and did not show up to work until late later than i was supposed to post post voice time and i would play this for my friends because they got such a kick out of it but he left me multiple voicemails (laughs) and he was like hey club this is jeff calling again about my recorder (laughs) (laughs) and it was almost like one of those um cable guy situations remember that movie where uh hey clip just now got out of the shower didn't know if you'd call me back he didn't say that but he was uh needing his recorder back and left me multiple voicemails of jeff charles in the voice basically saying where the hell are you while you were sleeping off (laughs) yeah the previous night before we were not on the same we'll never be on the same maturity level but i was definitely way below him at that point in my life uh but uh anyway cool neat story right jeff <laughs> cool neat story bring back my effing recorder right now cool neat story <laughs> um all right shirley you want to uh play some cuts sure let's hit some mike houston uh his opening comments after last night's victory over south florida to get the pirates to four and four on the year excited about uh the win tonight um you know just uh, the kids, short turnaround after a tough game, uh, you know, Saturday night, and you know, got in about 6:15 Sunday morning to the airport. Uh, so you know, really challenging day Sunday, just getting your wits about you, and it just kind of felt like the twilight zone all week because it's just you know trying to get rested up, trying to get ready on a very short turnaround. The kids really practiced great this week. Uh, they really did. I mean, it was it was so impressive, uh, and and we were so ready to play. I mean, I knew it all day today. They were so excited. They're almost too excited uh, before kickoff, um, and you know, came out and you know had some things go against us there in the first half. Um, really frustrating because I felt like we played so well in in, in so many areas, uh, but had a couple of turnovers and then you know just did a poor job there of getting the ball in the end zone right before the half, which would have been a big touchdown. But you know, regrouped. And I thought the kids kept their composure at halftime, and and we just uh, you know made some adjustments defensively and. And just, you know, big thing on offense, just keep playing. Uh, but, you know, Tyler Sneed, big kickoff return to start the second half, kind of set the tone for everything. Uh, and then just, I mean, a dominant performance in the second half. And just my, I, I, those kids just played their freaking tails off and just so proud of them. 
Uh, I'm telling you, South Florida's a much improved football team. And I told Coach Scott just the performance that they put on last week against Temple. And you know, I'm telling you, the offensive line's a good offensive line. And just, um, you know, just against a team like that, just what a, what, a, what a big win for our program. And just really just want to thank the fans that were here. Uh, certainly wasn't the best conditions in the world. But, you know, the Pirates showed up uh, and the student body. I mean, what a, what a great job by our student body. Uh, I mean, they were, they were instrumental the whole ball game, made, it, made the stadium loud. They, were, they made it tough on South Florida when they were that in the field. But just uh, really appreciate the way the students supported our team tonight. Made it a really special night. All right, love when Mike Houston drops a frickin', and we heard one last night because uh, the guys played their frickin' tails off. And a uh, great win. And look, East Carolina has not been a third-quarter team this year. That was uh, another reason of concern uh, going into the third quarter, 14-6, to trailing that game. And you're thinking, uh-oh. And you had some crowd leave at halftime. Well, it was sick of sitting out in the rain. And that thing could have gone bad. Uh, but instead, they dominated the second half. Mike Houston was asked, what did he tell the guys in the locker room? Well, I mean, I, different, different things to different sides. I mean, the offense, what I told them was really – South Florida didn't stop us in the first half. We stopped ourselves. You know, we had the, the turnover. We had the ball midfield. Uh, and then we, they score. They, we turned right around, turned it over on the kickoff return and gave them a short field. And then we drive it all the way down. We have it on the one-inch line and, you know, don't get it in on fourth down there at the end of the half. So, you know, it wasn't like we were we were, we were the ones making the mistakes. Uh, and so just, you know, calm them down, you know, stick to what we're doing. Uh, you know, told the offensive line, you know, you're going to be the key. You know, you're going to be the key to this second half, uh, and they were. Uh, you know, giving our running backs the room to run, giving Holton the room to run. Uh, didn't give up a sack on the night. I know Holton got a little bit of pressure a couple times, but uh, didn't give up a sack. Uh, and just really a, a, a solid performance by that group in the second half. I uh, One of the phrases I, I hate in the world of sports is we beat ourselves. It's almost like a you're being, like, cocky after a loss. But – Sometimes it's true, and I felt that way last night, that East Carolina was beating themselves at times. So I, I agree with Mike Houston's statement there that they – it's like in tennis, you have errors and you have unforced errors when you serve the ball into the net. And turnovers are the same thing. And you have, for, you have forced turnovers and unforced turnovers where you just throw the ball out of bounds with nobody on you. So last unforced night – Unforced would be beating yourself. I felt like last night was a great example of East Carolina. Yeah. And it also kind of discredits the opponent. But with the things East Carolina was doing last night, they were beating themselves. So – Good to see them uh, not beat themselves and to beat South Florida in the second half of that game. Once again, East Carolina has not been a third-quarter team, so how big was it to respond early in the third quarter, especially after failing to score late in the first half? Mike Houston addressed that cut three. I mean, I, I think that shows the maturity and growth in the program. You know, and, and you know as well as anybody, you know, past several years, they're done. But this, this team has a lot of mental toughness. And uh, it was that kind of night. And we talked about that, too. You know, rainy, dreary night. Uh, just it was going to be a tough guy's game. And I think that just shows just the growth and the maturity and the, and the mental toughness improvement of our roster as a whole. Uh, but, but especially of, uh, you know, our offensive front. And uh, just to, for them to come and respond with that drive to start the second half. You know, just what a, what a great job. 
All right, let's take our final break of the day. We'll come back, get ready to wrap up Pirate Radio Live and send you off into your sports weekend. We'll have a uh, look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Great night of sports coming up tonight. We'll get you set after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your Buck scoreboard. Game 3 of the World Series is tonight. First pitch is set for 8.09 in Atlanta series is tied at one apiece. Braves have lost six straight home games in the World Series. Oh, wow. Okay, moving on. Uh, College football, Navy takes on Tulsa tonight at 7.30. Number two, Cincinnati takes on Tulane coming up tomorrow at noon. And then, of course, uh, Michigan and Michigan State kick off at noon tomorrow as well. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. The place to be this weekend for all the Halloween fun is the Buck. Come get bucked up in your best Halloween costume for the biggest Halloween costume or extravaganza, I should say. Extravaganza. In Greenville. <laughs> hey, after it's you hard say to get, breathe, get man. bugged up, uh, everything just... You it's, know, it's all downhill from here. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, the Buck will be having a costume contest, live music, and a balloon drop at the end of each night with over $500 worth of cash and prizes. Come in your best costume this weekend to the Buck. Check them out on Instagram or Facebook for more information. Back to you, Clip. How about some, Buck? How about some good old red-blooded American football tonight? Navy at Tulsa on ESPN2. The Fighting Magazoos, Damon Magazoo and UNLV takes on Nevada tonight at 10 o'clock. Braves, Strohs, as Shirley said, tonight at 8 o'clock. The Charlotte Hornets are four and one. Get it on the road tonight at Miami. Big ball game, Glenn. And the Carolina Hurricanes are six and zero, oh. undefeated, baby. They take on the zero oh and five and two Blackhawks tonight, seven o'clock at PNC. So good luck to uh, the Hornets and the Canes tonight. Off to great starts in their seasons. I uh, will see you fine folks Monday, three o'clock on an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. As we'll have the uh, players lounge. We'll talk to the players following their victory over South Florida. Have a great sports weekend. We'll see you Monday at 3. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.